My name is Paul, and I'm a comic book geek. My name is Hugh, and I'm an all-purpose geek. My name is Corbs, and I'm a sports geek. My name is Jack, I'm a history geek. This is GeekPod. This week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. I'm Corbs. I'm Jack. Gentlemen, what's got you geeked? Well, what has me geeked this week? Ash versus the Evil Dead. Has anyone heard about this? No. Yes. I figured you would have. <laughs> uh, okay, who's familiar with the, the movie The Evil Dead? Who's familiar like, with the movie Army of Darkness? Yep. Okay. Okay, um, can, I'm just going to interrupt right now because I would like to point out that A, this is an audio podcast. <laughs> and we have two members raising right. their hands right. Right. while uh, while we're having this discussion. Okay, so everyone is you, acknowledging. You know, just you, know so you know. missed me. I did. <laughs> and that was Paul raising both hands. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what this is is a continuation of that movie franchise. Um, not like the reboot that was done uh, a couple years ago by Fede Alvarez. This is an actual reboot of the original, or, or not reboot, uh, continuation of the original story with Bruce Campbell, Bruce motherfucking Campbell, all hell, Bruce Campbell, um, playing the part of Ash. He's older now, much older, and they're going to be picking up the story where basically um, the Book of the Damned try, is trying to kill him, whatever. I'm not even sure exactly what the story is. Watch the previews, um, acceptably gory and slapstick. Uh, I don't want to spoil myself too much because I'm really looking forward to it. But uh, how awesome is that? I mean, how old is Army of Darkness? That was... That was yeah, late and, 80s, early 90s. And, and he's picking it up in the 80s. Ten episodes on stars. They're half-hour episodes, um, which I think I've talked about yeah, that here. We discussed um, that a while um, back. Yeah, Lucy Lawless is joining him because you know Lucy Lawless has a, a great relationship with you know Rob Tapert and Sam Raimi and all those guys because of Xena and Hercules and all that. So she's got a part on there. Uh, I just, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it, it, has anyone seen the preview? I have no. not. Uh, well, you see. Something it's like a shadow or something, and looks like getting all dressed up. You know, he's all this. All of a sudden, you see he's putting out a girdle, <laughs> trying to suck his gun. He's like, "Oh yeah!" Look at himself in the mirror. Uh, clearly out of shape and uh, out of practice. So it looks like they're going to maintain the humor. Uh, but man, I mean, how awesome is that to have such an old franchise come back as a TV show? I mean, that's just. It seems like it used to be the only time you saw something come back was when it was a reboot. Now we're actually getting continuations of old stuff. It's like they're not afraid to go, you know what, let's take Bruce Campbell, even though he's, you know, getting pretty old, and put him back in this role because nobody else could do it. I mean, imagine how much better the last Nightmare on Elm Street movie would have been <sighs> if they just let Robert England keep playing the part. Agreed. I heard they're actually rebooting that franchise, Again. too. Again? Yeah. Who knows? Yes. Yes. New Line announced it two weeks ago. They're looking at uh, doing another one. So, mm -hmm. um, who knows? I... Back to your Bruce Campbell, though. Yes. Yeah, I'm so excited. I met Bruce Campbell. Really? Yes, I did. Was he nice? 
He, he was really nice. Um, it was a book signing at uh, what used to be, what is now Destiny, used to be Carousel of Borders Books. Borders. This was years ago. This would have been between 2000 and 2005, because I was working at AT&T at the time. And uh, he uh, released his uh, autobiography, I believe it was of Chins Could Kill. And <laughs> yes. uh, so I went there, got a copy of the book, and you know paid my money so I could um, you know, do the whole uh, meet and greet thing. So we get in line, and the guy at the front says, well, you know, because my buddy from AT&T was there, and he had some other stuff. He's like, well, he's only doing the books on the first run. There's, he's not going to stay that long. There's not going to be time for you to get anything else signed. He was really disappointed, right? So my buddy was ahead of me. He gets up there, says whatever. I, I go next. I get up there, shake his hand. He's like, hey, so where do you work? I go, AT&T. He's like, oh, there must be a lot of people that work at AT&T here. And I'm like... Oh, well, yeah, that guy ahead of me, that was my podmate, because they called us podmates, right? He goes to me, podmate? What do they think you are, whales? He <laughs> <laughs> was hilarious. Uh, he was just a great guy. I ended up leaving because I didn't have anything, but uh, my buddy told me he actually stayed there till like, 1.30 in the morning to make sure everybody got their memorabilia signed. That's awesome. That's dedication. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't leave until everything was done. So, as far as I know, all around great guy. So happy that he's getting a chance to uh, a resurgence in Hollywood. You know, thanks to things like burn notice and stuff. You know, I mean, the, the guy should be able to make a living. Agreed. And it, it certainly looks like he's doing that. So I'm really excited about this. I mean, this is almost Doctor Who level of excitement for me. Nice. Definitely got you geeked over there. Definitely geeked. Here's a Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> See, he, he did it right. He didn't just hand me the Kleenex. He said what he was doing on the microphone. That's right. Theater of the mind. Look you at that. With only four hours of sleep. So, go on. What's got you geeked, Jack? Uh, five years of watching <coughs> Falling Skies. Hugh watches it with me. Five years. Oh, I didn't know you guys watched let, together. Let, let me, let me uh, cut in there. The, we what? watch it. We both watch it. I don't watch together. it together. Oh. Okay. Um, Noah. Noah Wiley... History teacher, I think we've talked about this a few times on the show. I don't Probably. really sure. Uh, but um, series finale is tomorrow night. I want to know where they're going to take the show. Uh, Noah Wiley is a great character. He's very... He gets you really geeked onto the show. But um, him, Will Patton... Um, I want to know where they're going to take it because they've been fighting aliens for five years now and you're going to cut me off. I raised my hand. Yes. To you, let you know I had a comment to make. See, okay, question. You want to know where they're going to go? Yes. It's the season finale, right? They're going off the fucking air. That's where they're going. <laughs> oh. Sorry. No, but it's just like, you, I've been watching it for five years. It's been getting decent ratings. Not stellar, not bad ratings, but consistent ratings. But um, it's just, they can go anywhere on the show. Like, is it going to be, like, the way they ended the last episode. Hugh, did you watch the last episode? I did. Is Pope really dead? Like, they um, exp they shot guns out of barrels. And, oh. I have a quick comment. Oh, we got corpse here. Paul, it's not the season finale. Did I say season? You did say season. It's the series finale. Finale, damn it. Is this where we should... Let's go back to the tape. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I do believe that I, I screwed that up. So, yes. Serious finale, as in no more. No more. This show is no more. Five years. Donezo. Sorry. Yep. No, but as I was saying to Hugh, like, um, did they kill Pope, you think, unless... Y you know, there's there's so much they have to wrap up, and I don't think that they're going to give us a satisfying uh, ending anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I I can't see them uh, even touching on that. Now, when I was watching that episode last week, I was like, holy shit, you take a guy, this character starts off as a pillager, a rapist, a bandit, whatever. Okay? Horrible guy. 
and actually the rapist. Not kidding. Somehow they, they just kind of drop that and forget about it. Yep. Over the course of the seasons, they form him into the anti-hero of the group. You're really pulling for him. He, he's he, he's still a fringe element, but he's a good guy. And his girlfriend dies, and the main character didn't save him, and he blames him. So he goes all, all fucking Walter White again, shaves his head, and just becomes a bad guy. And last week, he just gets blown up. Yeah, just, and they're like, is that he done? But no. The, no, no confrontation between him and the main character. No, nothing, uh, no dramatic meat to sink your teeth into. He just gets blown up. The, the main character goes, see those barrels over there? The other guy shoots him, boom. Blows up the barrels like they're playing Doom or something. That's um, the extent of it. And, and he's dead. And I don't think they have the time to touch on it. And it, as much as I love this show, uh, if you notice, a lot of the people that make this, a lot of the people that are involved in the Star Trek series and all that, and uh, they don't have a, a good track history or track record of of always good decisions. I mean, the Star Trek shows were great, but if you watch Star Trek The Next Generation, one week Data actually gets angry and, and kills a guy, or you think he did, but they transport him out in time. The next week he's a toaster again. All right, they, There were no lasting consequences for decisions made in general. So... For them to throw away a character they've worked so hard to build up wouldn't surprise me at all. It's going to be interesting, though. Like, I want to know if they're going to get right back to civilization. Are they just going to... like? It's I think the episode's called Reborn or something. Yeah, re but it's only one hour of the show. Like They could have done a two-hour series finale. They, they, they actually, I think, need a whole other season. Yeah, they're, they're rushing it. They, they really put themselves in a corner where... I, no matter what you do, they're not going to give you a satisfying conclusion. I, in fact, I, I, I bet money right now you're going to come back you know, with the next episode and you're going to be pissed off about this series finale. I probably will. Because the only way that... It, it, let me put it to you this guy, guys. Um, they are facing the big final battle. Okay, This is a big final battle. A, a small group of humans against aliens who are occupying the entire planet. They're not in the final battle. Okay, They're approaching it. They have 45 minutes of screen time to somehow defeat the aliens and show you that society is going to be okay rebuilding this, whatever. You know, with, without a, a big forward flash, you're not going to see any of that. I mean, they just, there isn't enough time to bring this to a resolution. See, they needed to uh, Secret Wars this and add an extra on the end. Well, no, yeah. you know what's going to happen, and this, you know, I hate to say this, but it happens to all the shows lately. There's going to be a spinoff, or there's going to be a reboot at some point in the next couple of years when people start bitching that it's not, it didn't, it didn't end right. I don't think Falling Skies is big enough for a reboot. It's it's got a good crowd, but it doesn't have a great yeah. crowd yet. Yeah. It's not like a Breaking Bad crowd. It's like, it's yeah. a mediocre show. But I'm just you, I'm that's just the way everything's going lately. I mean, every show gets a spinoff, or any success. I should say, well, it's just any successful show gets either a spinoff or a reboot or some odd thing that ties it all back in it, around you know it's just it's weird I, I don't understand like all these shows you got Breaking Bad got a spinoff Walking Dead got their, another series um well they're doing it they're, I, I'll talk oh. on it later they're talking about doing a spinoff on the Suns or you know 24 came back as a, a special episode special 12 you know 12 episode arc a couple years ago they should so, have changed the name to 12 <laughs> <laughs> So it, it, that's that, that's that's why that's why I feel if, if it's something that like that you're gonna see something six months on it they'll do a two hour special on it or something to tie it all in. Well, I mean it's TNT, so I could see them doing movies, but I, I guess that here's the thing: they haven't announced a movie, 
They can't end the series with, hey, we're going to make a movie to tie it all up. They haven't even announced it at this point. No, they haven't. Yeah, you know, it'd be very odd to make a, a decision like that. I think this is the end of Falling Skies. It's not big enough. It's not an eternal property that's going to continue going on throughout the years. You know, it was kind of a one-off, you know, mediocre show. And Plus, Noah Wiley's doing that librarian show, and um, usually movies take two years to make. So it's like... Not, and, a, and it'll be not a, a TV movie. Yeah, TV movies don't take that long. They don't take that long? No. They they go in, they shoot them in like 30, 35 days. Okay. That's true. Yeah, and well, let's see where it goes. Hopefully, I won't be bitching the next episode, but like you said, I call your bet, and I probably will be bitching. I was going to say, do you want me to pull that clip, too? What? Hopefully, I won't be bitching. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of the theme music next episode, that's just what we'll start the show with. <laughs> Good show. Hopefully, it ends well, but let's see what happens. Fade to black, done. Not us. I mean, falling skies. Oh, thank oh, God. Okay. I'd be scared for <laughs> Oh, yeah. Big announcement. We're done. Click. <laughs> show is over. We'll pull it out. Age of Ultron. Avengers. Okay, sorry. So, Corbs. Yep. What's got you geeked? Nothing. No. Fantastic. <laughs> Moving on. No, I'm just, uh, just being back here. I mean, I've, I've been gone for... Oh, we're gonna do kumbaya and we're gonna hug it out, aren't we? Kumbaya, go my love. Just, See, no, why, just, do I, why do I encourage you? Yeah, <laughs> everything you say, you turn into a damn song. <laughs> turn into a damn song. <laughs> so, are we gonna start calling him Dancing Jack then? <laughs> Dancing Jack, my lord, just don't know the damn song. I think we should call him Captain Jack. No. This is <laughs> the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. Sorry. Is he aware that just, just lower his value? I was thinking more like Captain Jack Harkness, not Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, see, that's lost on me because I've never once watched Who? Doctor Who. Doctor yeah. Who. Doctor, Doctor Who. Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> I watch you often across the table. All right, Corbin. Cool. I'm sorry. No, it's just, you know, just nice to be back. And I've been gone for a month with you know things going on outside of the show. Uh, golfing, vacation, shit like that. So it's just nice to be back with you guys. No, refresh us. Where were you on vacation? I was on the lake. <laughs> no, see, see, see. Now you, see, say, see, you, see. you say shit like that, but no, I'm going to take this show to a real dark, deep place. But the, the uh, reporter and the cameraman they were killed this week, the place where they were killed, I was actually standing in that spot on vacation. That's wow. When, if, now, I don't know if you guys have seen the video. No, I refuse to watch it. I've seen you the video. See you, you don't see it. You really don't. You don't see any blood or anything like that. I heard the worst of it is actually the audio. That's where Yeah, the audio is the worst. Terrible. But there's a, there's, a, there's a picture of the cameraman. He's looking out. What he's looking at, and he looks out, and you see the miniature golf course back there. And I played miniature golf miniature golf on that course with my aunt and my son and my nephew and my sister-in-law. So it kind of hit home a little bit for me more and my aunt you know it's, it's a very tight community down there uh, Smith Mountain Lake where I was so everybody knows everybody so it's just it was kind of depressing when I found out that that's where it was when I yeah. saw the video and I looked and I was like are you fucking kidding me that I was standing in that spot with my son nonetheless so that's enough to scare the fuck out of you right there yeah, yeah. just to know that a week or two removed yeah. from it yeah sounds sad so Sorry, I didn't even bring the show down. I was going to say, it's always a ray of sunshine when Corbs talks. <laughs> Do you have an extra pair of pants? <laughs> Not that they're going to fit you, little guy. No, but come on. What? I'll look good at the fair with them. Wait, <laughs> 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 you got nothing. I'll look normal. 
<laughs> I was going to say, that, that was yesterday at the fair, okay? You saw me! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. I can't talk. I'm just lost at this point. <laughs> but, in closing, you're just happy to be home. Happy to be back, that's all. I'm coming home. I'm coming <laughs> home. Christ. Yeah, it's just nice to be back with you guys, recording. Are you envious of the new setup? Because we didn't tell you. I purposely didn't tell you. You don't tell me shit anyway, so what the fuck's the difference? I told everybody. I like the the new 50 styles mic that you guys got. Yes. The, uh... Brand spanking new, all shiny shit. Shiny and shit, yeah. Well, the benefactor, because, you know, we might as well talk behind the scenes now. The benefactor who purchased specifically stipulated that we needed vintage-style mics. But he also stipulated that we only had enough of the budget for two. (laughs) So... (laughs) We don't. (laughs) But uh, if any of our listeners would like to help with that, we will always happily accept your money. (laughs) For nothing, because we have no product to give you. Wait, this is our product. That's right. We're selling ourselves. Can I go hang out with them for the afternoon? We want them to give us money. (laughs) We don't want to threaten them. (laughs) I didn't mean selling ourselves like that. Well, I don't sell my body. I just sell my entertainment. Oh, that does not sound right. Yeah, that won't hold up in court. (laughs) Call my lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm glad to get back to this. (laughs) (laughs) So, what's got me geeked is much more in line with what Dr. Hugh had to say than the rest of you crazy bastards. Um, I'm geeked about a new comic book series that's starting in December. I don't know if you've seen an announcement on this. I know you haven't, Corbs. <laughs> Corbs over there shaking his head. No, it's like obviously. What's a comic book? Right? It's not true. I've read comic books before. Yes, they have some of anarchy they, they come with bubble gum, right? <gasps> Ooh. They, they did. I was so into that. <laughs> the, uh, the book in question is Guardians of Infinity. Guardians of the Galaxy? I saw that yesterday. Yes. Okay. But the new book, um, Guardians of Infinity, written by Dan Abnett. The, the movie that everyone went gaga over, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. yeah, based off of his series. I'm interested. So, yeah, this was he was the guy that got me into the Guardians in the first place. I was always peripherally aware of the characters before then and everything, but it's when the 2008 series started that had our core team, as well as Adam Warlock and the rest of them, because if I start naming off members, only the, the true hardcore comic book geeks are going to even know who I'm talking about. But why are you looking at me? You're not a hardcore comic geek, yeah. I am Groot. <laughs> He's Groot. <laughs> um, but it's coming in December. Um, it's another one I guess is kind of sort of spinning out of Secret Wars. Okay. What we're getting is um, it's going to star the characters of Guardians Three Thousand, as well as members of the current team. The Guardians Three Thousand team are the original Guardians of the Galaxy, Vance Astro. Yada yada yada. Jerry Seinfeld. No. <laughs> but they're also introducing a new team. Did you hear about this? The Guardians yeah. 1000. That's all we know about them. Hmm. But as soon as they said that it's a Guardians of the Galaxy book with Dan Abnett back on it, I'm sold. Take my money. Alright. Very, very excited about this. Um, they're right up for it is defending the galaxy is a good gig but Drax isn't thrilled with the combat hours not enough of them 
and Rocket isn't thrilled with the compensation, not enough of it. They're off on an adventure to supplement both, and Groot is happy to come along. But instead of the perks they want, they're about to get more trouble than they can handle. Good thing the Guardians 3000 are on hand to help. But what about the Guardians 1000 with multiple question marks and exclamation points? And aside from the main story, there's always going to be a backup story. Okay. And, Corbs, you'll get a chuckle out of this. Also in this issue, the creators tell a one-off story of Ben Grimm, the Thing, from Fantastic Four. Actually, from the Guardians of the Galaxy now. He's a member of the Guardians starting out. And Rocket Raccoon, stuck on a planet where culture is based on, get this, Earth-style professional wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But the stakes... And this is from Marvel. This is official synopsis. But the stakes are life and death, exclamation point. This ain't kayfabe, brother. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. So is that kind of like going back to the rock and wrestling days? Yeah. Going back to kayfabe and wrestling. I love it. <laughs> wow. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about this. I will definitely be checking this one out. They're they're not taking the Guardians and making them the uh, Green Lantern Corps of the Marvel Universe, are they? No, that's the Nova Corps' job. Okay. But I don't think there's much of them right now. Uh, just see, I'm just wondering because uh, it sounds like they're getting a lot of different teams and characters. It's kind of what they've done with Green Lantern, um, which you've read a lot of, so you'd be able to say if I'm going anywhere remotely correct with this. I'm just surprised to see them expanding the Guardians universe so much. They have definitely watered it down immensely. Okay. I mean, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy with the the core-ish team because yeah. in the comics they have added on all sorts of different characters yeah. that don't belong there. If you ask me, thanks, Bendis. Um, then now they've done Guardians Team Up, which is a one-off book. Like like the the backup stories are going to be in this. It's always a member of the Guardians teaming with a different superhero of some sort. They've got Star-Lord, they've got Groot, he has his own book, Drax is getting his own book. I mean, they've, 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 they are cashing in on Guardians all they can here. I mean, right now, I, I think there's more Guardians titles than X-Men titles, if that tells you anything. You know what's interesting about that is that Guardians did grab non-comic goers and brought them into theaters and got them to watch this movie, I and mean, we talked about the success of what they did with that, but... I don't think that translates into comic sales that, at the very minimum, don't have just that team from the movie. Like, if they almost had an Ultimate Universe version of the Guardians of the Galaxy, which was completely based off the movie, uh, I guess I'm just surprised to see them going this route, because I can't... I'm, there are a lot of people I know that loved Guardians of the Galaxy that were never going to walk into a comic book store and pick up a book, let alone one that has Ben Grimm in it. Yeah, we have one right here, I'm sure. Yep. So, it just like seems, seems like an odd... Uh, direction to go, you know, rather than the, hey, let's have Deadpool have 16 different books. Yeah, because at least Deadpool sells a lot. Yes, a lot. And, I mean, we're talking before the movie, Guardians was cancelled after 20-some issues? 26, 28? This wasn't, like, this wasn't catching the world on fire. Yeah. This was pulling the same Nova numbers that they decided, you know, they should cancel Nova and replace with a a preteen Nova. Like, with the, we have the little kid Nova now. So, explain to me why all of a sudden they're throwing all their support behind one with numerous, numerous spin-off and add-on titles. And we get a prepubescent Nova. But, 
that just might be me being a little pissed off at the treatment nobody's getting uh, maybe just a little just little bit. a tiny bit sound familiar this is kind of like going back to the whole green lantern thing when they just yeah. completely pissed all over that mm. which um i read somewhere that um the most recent issues of green lantern or something that they, they've started to turn that around it's gotten really cool again and okay, i'm back on board yesterday I, I read something like that there's they've gone in a completely different direction with hail jordan and i'm definitely digging it so that's that's a, a topic for a different time there isn't a different time oh there's a lot of different times all right and a galaxy far far away what? we're not even going there yet oh why because why? I'm so no, freaking why? excited for Star Wars. Who is it? My son's excited. Up. He's never seen the first. He's seen the first what? three. What? was it so far. Wait, what's first three? One, two, three, or four, no, five, four, five, six? Four, five, six. The, the first ones. Okay. The real Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. He saw we, him and I watched those, and he's like, Dad, we need to go see the new one that's coming out. I'm like, yeah, like And that's out. when you said, I love you, son. Exactly. For the very first time. For the first time. So, yeah. So my son and I will be seeing these Star Wars when it comes out. December 18th, 2015. A, a fairly nice sized announcement about Star Wars in the coming months. I hope so. That has something to do with us, and this guy knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, did you have you talked to them? Again? You're not wearing the Leia outfit again, are you? Oh, I am. Oh, good. I'm getting a bikini wax and everything. Oh, good. Be afraid. Lord have mercy. Be very afraid. Who's Jar Jar? No, he's Jabba. He's wearing that Leia outfit. <laughs> oh wow! Oh god! I just pictured it. Get it out! Get it out! <laughs> That's oh. what Leia said. <laughs> Leia or Paul Leia said that. <laughs> Which time? Palea. <laughs> oh. So once we regain oh. our composure, um, do we want to roll right into Hughes news? Why not? And he hasn't been here for the new format, has he? No, he has not. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the fact that we've got a format to this show. <laughs> it crushes him. It does. <laughs> Fuck. Well, all it is is now uh, put together some new stuff. I come up with humorous titles and things like that. You know, just something to make it flow a little more interesting. Try to do it a little more rapid fire. This week it's going to be a little bigger because we've, we've missed a lot of time. So... Uh, you know, we're going to start off right with uh, Fear the Premier Numbers. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, have seen this, but uh, Fear the Walking Dead posted huge numbers this past week. Record setting. Yeah, for a series premiere. Previously, it was uh, Better Call Saul was the um, the record holder for a cable series premiere with 6.1, I believe, million viewers. Um, not just AMC, because we're talking the same channel here. It just happens that that was on the same channel. Fear the Walking Dead premiered with... Uh, 10 uh, point something million uh, viewers with time shifted viewing that went up to uh, 13 million. They released wow, those numbers. Time shifted, does that mean like DVR folks? DVR and all that stuff. People, people watched like the, second, uh, the second showing second, yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, huge numbers for a premiere. Now, being a Walking Dead fan, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Fear the Walking Dead later, um, really excited about that. Worried it's going to drop off sharply only because of some of the, the reactions to it, which I think are super unfair. Again, like I said, are we going to talk about Fear the Walking Dead later? Yeah. We wanted to touch on it. I don't know if you want to just roll everything right into your news segment. I mean, we can do wait. that if you guys do it. Well, a lot of negative reaction, a lot of positive, but a lot of negative just basically saying the same crap we've heard about Walking Dead. Not enough action, not enough killing, all that stuff. Uh, a lot of people basically somehow went into this not realizing that this was going to be a different show. Um, and, I, and I agree with that. I don't mean to cut you off. I agree with that. I, I thought the same thing. 
when I first watched it, there was really a lot of not a lot of action. But then more I thought about it, it's it's not supposed to be an action. No, it's not supposed to start out with action. It's supposed to show you how this whole thing started, and it'll. I mean, gradually, I'm sure it's gonna you're gonna get to the point where it's the same type of stuff where you know, people are having a fight for their lives. Yeah. But they've got to you got to build that because it's the start of it. Not with Walking Dead, that you were dropped right in the middle of it. Yeah. So well, that's that's why I think we are, are are not understanding it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the fact that you know. It's the start of it as opposed to being dropped in the middle. It's a different setting. We're going to get to the point where it's all walkers, you know, and they're in L.A., so there'll be, what, gold chains and fake boobs? <laughs> right. Uh, we'll That's get what I was there. wondering. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. But this, they're trying to do something interesting. Instead of just uh, copying the, the Mothership show, uh, which I respect them for that, they're trying to build a uh, group of characters that we're going to care about because that's that's why it matters when they die because we care about them. Uh, I heard a lot of people going off about saying, well, I don't like anybody in this plot. I'm going to say something. I didn't respond to any of the stuff I saw on the internet, um, but uh, I think maybe Laura even said that she didn't like most of the new characters. I want to put a statement out there, because maybe people haven't thought about this. Part of drama is watching people grow and change. You don't start always, always start with a character you love right off the bat. Sometimes you start with somebody you can't stand, and you learn to like that character because you watch them grow, and that's what makes it so much more heart-wrenching when they get their throat ripped out. Um, yes, some of the characters are irritating. I'm pretty sure that's by design, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think you're supposed to love all the characters right off the bat. Um, I think that probably makes a lot of sense. It makes now. a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I see these people, and I did for the first half of the episode. I I'm looking at these people, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck about you. I really don't. And but then I realized we're not supposed to. We're getting dropped into the middle of their lives. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. These are real people. These are real world problems. These aren't people who've been out fighting the zombie apocalypse for months and right. on end. I mean, we're experiencing the beginning. This is something that everybody's been asking for since the show started. Since right. Rick wakes up from his coma, everyone wants to know what the fuck happened. Why is this happening? I mean, even I think the comic book fans, right? I mean, because they haven't, they haven't touched on the beginning of it in the book, mm -hmm. have they? No. Well, uh, there's been a few flashbacks. There was a, uh, uh, a Michonne short that actually showed up in Playboy magazine, oddly enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is like mm -hmm. a five-page story which showed her prior to the apocalypse and showed her her headless or armless zombies turning. They were his her um, boyfriend and her yeah, boyfriend's best, best, best friend or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Wait, they touched on that in the show. They too. Did touch that they, they, they did yeah, some yeah, flashbacks. They did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but before the flat, before the flashbacks happened, this was uh, this something that happened a number of years ago. But it's pretty much been that there hasn't been a whole a whole lot of anything about pre Rick uh, waking up. It's like a slow uh, burning candle, as my brother would say, or like a fine wine. The show it's very slow. The opening scene was actually <clears throat> was very cool. Like I like how he's walking through the church, and it's just like you see lighted candles. It's like where are they going to take this? Um, the camera lighting was actually pretty cool in the show, but um, just. Like you, like you said, people are like, I don't give a crap about you. Like, who are you? But like you said, you have to build the character up. Build the relationship. The character's going to build a relationship with the audience. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I thought was quite interesting, um, especially both times they went back to the church, um, I was on edge. Because I know, and this is exactly what they talked about, us, the audience, we know more than the characters do. And first time I was like, oh man, they can't kill him already. And then the second time when he goes back with the mom, completely oblivious you know she has that big breakdown and I saw people bitching about oh uh, she was just crying in the church that was just stupid 
that was a completely and totally human reaction to, to discovering your son would rather sleep here than come home and be with his family because of his addictions. Um, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was well acted because she seemed real. She didn't seem like she was acting. It was done well. And for us having that constant threat of there could be a walker anywhere in the building. Mm -hmm. um, superbly done. Uh, it, it's sad that people are focusing on the wrong things because I think the show is on the absolute right track. I agree. And I'm afraid we're going to see a huge drop in numbers the second week just because, you know, people are idiots. I, I think in the same vein, though, I mean, we're, they're not going to continue to pull 10 million. They're not. It's not going to happen. It never. What? The Walking Dead's every single episode except for one last season pulled over 13. That is a tried and true phenomenon, though. But this is. This is a new show. Let's check this out. There's going to be a drop. I'm hoping it's not a super significant drop. Yeah. Because I think everyone is going to bitch and complain about the first episode and then come back and say, well, let's try this out again and see what's going on. And now I think we're off and running with drama from here on out. Like, we know sh shit is happening. It's been established that these things are here now. Yeah. Now, granted, are we going to get everybody's running for their lives and shooting things in the head and calling them walkers? Not a fucking chance. Not for a mm -hmm. while. No. no. I, I'm going to say it now. It's not going to happen this season. It's yeah, a six-issue season. Yeah. We're not getting to that point. By the time this first season wraps up, I think it's just going to be where, okay, we know this happened. Now what do we do? End of season. Yeah, I would say, I mean, if you're going to put a timeline on it, I would say the end of the season is probably going to happen a day or two after um, Rick gets shot and ends up in the hospital and is there for a month. That's I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. We're not going to get into the insanity that we've had for the last five seasons of the main show. No, and I agree with that. And I, like you said, it's it's going to be something where... But you also have to understand that at the end of the season, it's these people have their own lives. They don't realize what's going on. With The Walking Dead, these people had lives. But they, when Rick breaks up, they've all been through it already. So they don't... Yeah. They don't... They, you know... They, they get to that mindset where now I gotta survive. In the fear of the Walking Dead, people aren't realizing that that's what this is gonna end up being. Except for the one kid, is it Tobias, the kid with the knife, Tobias, Tobias, who kind of who kind of is the, the loner kid that knew kind of he said that this has been going on in like five states, so he kind of has an idea of what's going on. Yeah. But everybody else is kind of oblivious to what's going on. They're kind of like, well, what you know? Okay, these kids, these are like these are tweakers or whatever that they're. Are doing shit like that, and they don't realize that in six six weeks or whatever, it's going to be us against everybody else because everybody else is going to be dead, type of mm -hmm. thing. So they all have their own lives and their own problems, but they don't realize that those problems are going to finally are going to at some point going to just fade away, and they're going to have to either be dealt with or just going to have to go away, and you're going to be everybody's going to be fighting for your life. I think, you know, I think that's where the show is going to end up. You're going to towards the end of the season, you're going to they're going to realize that this is something that these problems over here aren't that bad. It's now we got to deal with what's out in front of us. Yeah. So, and like you said, I, I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with the first episode, but the more I thought about it, it was okay. And I I'll, I mean I'll I'll watch all the the first season, and I'll probably end up watching the second season. And I hope it gets. Um, they start to, to, to delve into what happened and how it all originally started and all that stuff. So I'm hoping they get to that point somewhere, too. Well, you've got you to remember, uh, in this show, they have to establish backstory. For The Walking Dead, they, they didn't have to really do that, with the exception of a brief uh, segment in the, uh, the premiere episode where Rick and his partner, Shane, mm -hmm. you know, sitting there talking, and then there's that high-speed chase, and Rick gets shot. That, that was the extent of it. And yeah. from that point onward, 
everyone else you meet, you don't le really learn their backstory unless they just tell you it, like, oh, you know, oh, a walker ate my wife, like Morgan says, or something like that. Everybody's already been in it, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. They didn't need to do that. And then you've got Rick being like everybody is in Fear the Walking Dead, not knowing that these things are a danger. Not he, He's trying to acclimate to the world. This being a, in a different time frame, they've got to do that for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm patient enough and I trust uh, this, this crew enough that I'm sure that they have the right idea. Not blind faith, it's just, I mean, they've made a good show so far. I don't see why this wouldn't be a good show. Right. But it's different. Agreed. And that's, that's the whole thing. It's just a, it's a different take on The Walking Dead. Yeah. And you have to be you have to understand that when you're watching it. It's not The Walking mm -hmm. Dead. It's it's just a different different take on it. And they're going to explain every. They're hopefully going to explain how it started and all that stuff. So they're they're not going to tell you how it started. I don't think yeah. you're ever going to get to no. that because I don't think Kirkman is. No. <laughs> Kirkman <laughs> no. said he, he's not going to. I'm done. Can't watch it anymore. <laughs> that wasn't the point of this. It was to show the uh, collapse of society. They're not. They're, they've stated they're not showing you what caused the, the zombies. Yeah, because they haven't made that payoff in the comics, right? No. That's, no one knows really. They've, they've talked about... I know Kirkman did an interview saying that originally he was going to allude to the fact that it wasn't an alien invasion that caused this. I think... But I think that got was, dropped. I think he, he might have been joking about that, too. I Because in that conversation, they were also talking about jumping the shark and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, were they? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, read that, I, I, just, I just read the quote out of contact. I didn't hear the whole interview. Well, that's a shame, because that could have been cool. But uh, in that same vein, uh, our next little news bit has to do with The Walking Dead. It's called How to Land a Dead One. I don't know if you um, guys saw this, but yesterday AMC announced there is going to be a spinoff of The Walking Dead. Another one of Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Actually, everyone talked about it as saying The Walking Dead. It really should be a spinoff of Fear the Walking Dead. It's going to be, I think, about a half hour total. It's going to be like a number of online little webisodes. But what it's going to do, deal with is zombies on a plane. And it's going to show the outbreak, as it's happening in the Fear of the Walking Dead um, timeline, happening on a plane. And one of the characters on that plane is somehow going to survive, and they are going to be joining up with the group of Fear of the Walking Dead in Season 2. Interesting. That's cool. Now, my, my whole thought process about this as I was seeing it is, okay, Walker's on a plane, cool, I like that. Um, Unless it's the fucking pilot who's joining <laughs> oh, the, awesome. the crew. How the hell does anybody get off that motherfucker alive? Right. True. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think it's interesting that AMC is showing enough faith to... I mean, it's an online thing, but still, it's uh, it shows a lot of faith in the program because it still costs them money, even though oh, it's just a doubt. half hour and it's online. Uh, speaking of online things... I don't know if you guys real about realize this, but some of the new stuff we've uh, that's come out this week, you know, you know, sometimes people go and they visit, you know, California. They go and they go to visit the stage that Wizard of Oz was filmed on and all that. Someday we're going to visit the historic Netflix studio where such classics like Daredevil season three were made. And I don't know if you guys heard about this, but Netflix has just purchased a two hundred thousand square foot um, studio and office park, and basically what's happening is they are ramping up their production, their in-house production stuff. They've also acquired a few other properties in Hollywood and uh, the surrounding areas, and it really looks like Netflix is gearing up to be a huge studio. Like, it, can you imagine, I mean, I, I see the MGM Lion, and I get that little, you know, twinge, because, you know, that started before <laughs> a, a lot of my favorite movies, and, you know, the Warner Brothers, do, 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 all that stuff. What would Netflix's be? I hope it's not the, the stupid looking people sitting on the couch they use for their, you know, 
front page of their website. Uh, <laughs> but Netflix is, is making itself an actual studio force. Hmm. That's yeah. outstanding. Hey, Wait, let's all quit our jobs and get jobs there. Um, okay. <laughs> Squirrel. Where? Uh, where? 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 Well, you, you know, what gets me is that this is, I don't want to say it's come out of nowhere. I mean, they, they made some good productions. Uh, but in, in a way, it's also coming out of nowhere because we see you know, movie studios losing money here and there, relativity going bankrupt and all that. Uh, and here's Netflix. They take $8.99 a month from me, and they're opening their own studios where they can create their own original programming. Uh, I guess I didn't realize. We talked about before about how much money is Netflix really making for right. Daredevil. Clearly enough. Without a doubt. Holy cow. Uh, I, it, it, I think we might see some more non-standard stuff out there. It's going to give us uh, more options as far as the kind of entertainment we can watch. Because I don't think they're going to be making uh, a copy of Law & Order or something like that. You're not going to be getting CSI Netflix. You're going to be getting interesting <laughs> programming, I'm sure. And probably a lot of Marvel stuff as well. Moving on, uh, someone wants to fail the city again, apparently. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw the results from SummerSlam. Anybody? Come on. SummerSlam. I, I know so he, he won it, right? Results, but well, did, did you see that Stephen Amell pulled off some yeah. pretty impressive moves, include, including coming off the top ropes? And yeah, that's what right. I hear. I can see that. Yeah, Stephen Amell, the, the man who plays Oliver Queen. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Get out. He, he actually, he <laughs> looked out. like he was training. And uh, he, he looked like... He, he did it. To, to let you know, he is a lifelong wrestling guy. I, I know. He he actually came out and said that when he originally hosted what six months ago, he had a little spat with uh, Stardust, yeah. uh, Cody Rhodes, and the the thing was he was going to wrestle him uh, two pay per views ago. I think it was the Royal Rumble or whatever, whichever one was in the middle, of, not SummerSlam, but the two before that, yeah. and that's when Dusty Rhodes passed away. Yeah. So they pushed it off, and then they decided that he was going to come back and host again, and they were going to ramp it up again, and they, that's when they made it for that wrestling match for SummerSlam. It was supposed to be that wrestling match two pay-per-views ago, and they pushed it because of Dusty Rhodes passing yeah. away. So, But he, he actually said that he wanted... If he, the only way he would host Raw was if he could wrestle. Well, it looks like he's going to get another shot, because uh, him and uh, Stardust have been going back and forth on Twitter. Um, the last comment uh, from Stephen Amell to start us with something along the lines of you've had two opportunities to uh, fight me one on one and both times you've run away like a, a little kid scared that he wet the bed again. <laughs> uh, the rumors are that uh, because of you know the, the shooting schedule for Arrow the, the next possible place for another match. Survivor Series? WrestleMania. Really? Oh wow. Was, which it's normal to have big you know stars yeah. and guest stars and things like that. Wow, how cool is that? Not just for us as fans, but him. You know, knowing he's a lifelong wrestling fan, to get to wrestle in WrestleMania, yep. he's probably like, "Fuck it, you can cancel Arrow. I, I'm done. Right. I've, I've achieved my dreams. <laughs> I need nothing else." Right. Uh, I guess we'll stick with the DC stuff. Um, DCU did not expect them not to fuck this one up too, did you? Uh, basically, DC Comics has come out this week and, and said, uh, due to some sales issues. Every, all the changes they've made with the DCU initiative, which nobody knows what that is, basically they've uh, taken a new approach to some of their comics, uh, re-skewing them, I guess, maybe in, in some cases for, for younger or, not younger, but different demographics. Biggest changes being, you know, making Batgirl, she's got a more modern suit, she's on a, a Facebook 
version of Facebook they have. There's a lot of social media and stuff going on, and they've made some other big changes, like you know Jim Gordon is actually Batman in a big RoboCop suit. Superman has been outed to the world. Lois Lane told everybody that he is Clark Kent, and he's depowered. He can no longer fly. He can jump pretty high, uh, but he he's a lot, he can bleed. There's been a lot of changes, which we've talked about in the past uh, mm -hmm. couple episodes, that have made DC interesting again. Well, I don't know if it was just this, the bad sales from Convergence because their big uh, summer event flop. Flop. It sucked, is what it did. It didn't flop. It sucked. <laughs> they're ordering their uh, creators to go back to telling more traditional stories, and they're going to undo some of the stuff that they've done with DCU. Now, here's the thing. Okay. You make a change to your business model. You get rave reviews. People saying, hey, this is the first time in a long time I've been interested in this character. This is a good thing. This is what the New 52 should have been and wasn't. Okay? Nothing but positive feedback. Uh, you know what? We should go back to the old way of doing things. I don't get it. I mean, can, then, can they not see that their sales, issue, sales problems stem other places? They must. I cannot believe that, that with all of the, the hype that DCU stuff is getting... That that's actually the reason their sales are down. I think it's convergence. I think it is too. It's a lack of faith from the consumer. Yeah, you know, c convergence just really screwed them up. And this is not the solution to that. The solution to it is, don't do anything like convergence for a while. Right. Tell good stories. Yeah. Tell good stories. That's it. Make them uh, look pretty. It's pretty sad. Can I need popcorn with that. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, I I want Bruce Wayne back as much as the next guy, who loves. The Bruce Wayne Batman, but this whole Jim Gordon as Batman thing is interesting. I know Bruce Wayne will be back someday. I can wait. I would like to see what this story is going to do because this story is interesting. In a short story, where is he? Gotham. Uh, yeah, he's there. Um, he, he, I'm you know, actually. Well, okay, basically, uh, at the end of uh, the last big Batman arc, mm -hmm. uh, Batman and Joker were both killed. Um, it turns out Joker has been around. Uh, for, for a while, at least. I mean, some of it was smoke and mirrors. But basically, he's found uh, the, uh, a pit of the chemical, which is the source of the Lazarus pit, yep. and, uh, which Ra uh, Ra's al Ghul uses to live for centuries. Mm -hmm. And uh, big battle underneath the city in the caves, uh, a pit of that stuff there. Uh, Batman and Joker fight to the finish. Joker stabbed him multiple times. You know, he's dying. They fall down. A stalactite comes down and fucking crushes Joker at a very graphic... I mean, it hits right on his back. He's, he's fucked up. He's trying to crawl to the pit to be healed, and Batman holds on to him, and Joker's like, what are you doing? Stop it. You know, we can both get to this pit. It can save our lives. And he's like, no, I'm just going to stay here with my friend. And uh, uses his last bit of, of life to stop the Joker from getting there until the whole cave collapses on the, the pit, and they can't get to it, and they both die. That's it. Okay. You did talk about this on the show at one point. I do remember this. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently, some of that chemical, because of course, you know, a fucking rock falls in a pit of liquid, it's going to seep out, but whatever. I mean, that, that was coming anyway. Um, some of it's made its way into Bruce. Um, they, they found his body, but he came back to life, but he was, since he was dead for a while, has no memory of anything. None of the training of Batman, nothing. He's now, Alfred told him about some of his life. I don't think he told him he was Batman. He stayed away from that. Um, but Bruce decides that he wants to use his family's money in a positive way. He's working at a, like a homeless shelter or something like that. And I'm working there every day, you know, doing dishes, helping people. That's what he wants to do. Now Superman comes by and he's like, you know, Alfred, we need Batman back. And he's like, hold on. This is the most real Bruce Wayne there's ever been. Takes him and shows him to him. He's like, 
he's happy. This is what he would have been if his parents hadn't died. Because he doesn't remember any of that. It's mm -hmm. a complete blank slate. And Alfred begs um, Superman, don't tell him. And it doesn't matter if you do. He doesn't have the years of training or any of that stuff. He can't be Batman again. He can't be the Batman you need him to be. Because that, that Batman is dead. Now, people have said that most likely the way they're going to fix this, I don't know if you read the uh, latest episode of Dark Side War, um, but Batman is in the uh, Macron's chair or something like that. Mobius chair. Mobius chair. And probably it, it backed him up, and that's how they'll get him back into, you know, blank Bruce Wayne. I, I don't know. Uh, but again, I mean, it's an interesting story. We know that Batman has to come back normally again eventually, mm -hmm. but why not let this story play out? Well, it doesn't sound like they're going to. In fact, it's already been stated that they're bringing Bruce back or much earlier than they planned on because of this. So this is Warner Brothers and DC once again making awesome decisions. Awesome, awesome decisions about things. Alright, beyond that, come with me if you want chicken and broccoli. So uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but while it may have flopped in the U.S., Terminator Genesis is a hit in China. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, an uh, absolute hit to the point where they're saying it's probably going to make 450 to 500 million worldwide enough to make a sequel. No. Who saw that coming? Not I. Yeah. I, so. I saw it coming. I'm sorry. Yeah, everything gets, everything gets a sequel. <laughs> Any movie, any big budget movie gets a sequel. Yeah, but they have to perform well. And here in the United States, it only made like $86 million. So it looked like it was an actual flop. It wouldn't have gotten a sequel at that point. Because it didn't make its money back. It didn't make any money at all. I don't know, it just... How much did Fantastic Four make? Seven fifty. dollars That's because you went and saw it, didn't you? I did not. I Liar. still refuse to see it. Liar. Nope. Liar. I refused. It's funny you say that. We went to Denny's three times at like 4 a.m. And what was there? The Slantastic Four. Yeah. I'll, I'll bet you the menu items made more money than the movie did. <laughs> Probably did. Oh, that's scary. Oh. But yeah, you, you know, I got to say, honestly, I'm kind of happy. Only I haven't seen the movie yet, but I was excited about them rejuvenating the Terminator franchise. Now, a movie cannot do well, not because it's horrible. Sometimes there's other factors. Sometimes when they're trying to, to start something new, things don't quite click as well. But I know that their, their vision for it was to have Matt Smith, who played the 11th Doctor, he's in it. Uh, he plays the uh, human personification of Skynet, and he was supposed to have a much bigger role in future films. I just think they've got the right idea. I hope they have the, the chance to turn it into something. And this is tough. I mean, taking an old franchise and trying to rejuvenate it without destroying its history, after you've already kind of done that in some other sequels before, <laughs> it's a daunting task. So, I, honestly, I'm glad to see it. Did anyone here see Terminator Genesis? No. I would only see it from Neil Clark if, if I would see it. Well, then there you go. Uh, uh, was it any good, though? I don't know. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, you still haven't seen it. Okay. Speaking of sequels, it's not like Sigourney Weaver's getting any younger. Oh, no. I don't know if you've heard of this, but uh, Ridley Scott swears his next movie is going to be Prometheus 2. Okay. He swears up and down, even though he said that before. Uh, the reason this is big news is, I don't know if you guys know this, but Neil Blomkamp is going to be making Alien an Alien 5, I guess they're calling it, even though there's been some other movies. It's going to ignore some of the other ones. It's going to bring Sigourney uh, Weaver back. Uh, Neil Blomkamp is a uh, amazing director. Uh, District 9? District 9, Chappie. Chappie, yeah. Uh, people are excited about this. For some reason, and I don't know the details on this, but for some reason he can't make the movie 
until Ridley Scott makes Prometheus 2. I don't know if it's because there's some story elements there that are going to connect, because Prometheus is sort kind of, of... Sort of a prequel. Prequel to Aliens. Yeah. So, uh, it's just kind of one of those things. Now they're looking, even though they're ready to go with the new Alien movie, we might see it by 2019, if Ridley Scott really starts making Prometheus 2. Because, you know, he's got a lot to do with um, that severed head there. Mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender's severed head. I have not seen Prometheus. Oh, okay, then. It was not uh, bad. Moving on, we are just about done there. Actually, we're almost done. Uh, this last one, I call Who Didn't Dream About Finding Marissa Tomei in Their Bedroom. I still do. Well, there yeah. you go. The reason being, I don't know if you read this about Civil War, but Marvel Civil War, they've uh, wrapped principal photography, uh, but they've also, we found out that uh, the new Spider-Man, Tom Holland, is going to be Tom Holland, right? Yes. Uh, he is. We knew he was going to be in the movie. It looks like he's going to be in the movie more extensively than we thought. Uh, a lot more scenes. They've also now we've been told that not only are we going to see Peter's bedroom in this, which means there's got to be scenes set in New York. You know, we're also going to see um, Marissa Tomei's uh, first appearance as Aunt May. Oh, that's mm-hmm. I did read that. Uh, which which fi- I find interesting because is this turning into Captain America and Spider-Man Civil War? You know, how much extra stuff did they throw in there? And did they have this game plan already if the other stuff came through so that they could use Spider-Man? Because that seems like it's going to be an, almost like uh, how all the X-Men movies always focused on Wolverine. I, I feel like this movie is going to focus on Spider-Man in a way that's going to um, rustle the feathers of some comic book fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, only because, I, clearly, there's no place in the movie we thought they were making for Peter Parker's bedroom. Right, there should not be. No, I'm, I'm not upset about it. It's probably not going to bother me, but I just find it interesting that they were ready to go that quickly almost says to me that they had a backup, you know, if we can get the rights back plan. Mm-hmm. But uh, that pretty much, I believe that was it. That covers the news. Aunt May's going to be hot. Aunt May. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this yesterday as I was putting this all together. Why is Aunt May so fucking old? Oh. <laughs> she's Aunt May, not Grandma May. Agreed. So that means she's potentially, uh, through marriage or whatever, the, the sister of Peter Parker's... Actually, it's Ben was brothers with Richard Parker. Richard. Mm-hmm. So, she shouldn't be that old. They're making her look old? With well, no, no, no. But no. in okay. Sally Field... Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Sally Field, whoever the... Rosemary she was the best one. She was the best the one. Three. Yeah, but but even not just the movies in the comics. Where she's always been from, old. She's yeah. always been super old. Well, look, she's when she her husband was murdered on her. Peter's growing up. That's the only thing she has left. So it's wear and tear on her. So. Dude, you don't no. wear and tear like that. Yeah, you don't all <laughs> that of a sudden might. become. <laughs> okay, let, let me give you a sample timeline. Okay, sweet. Um, what is it? Richard and May Parker. <laughs> that, that's yes. his parents. Richard and May Parker. Let's just say, well, we'll go early, okay? We could go later, but let's go. No, don't go go later. It can't be May Parker, because May's the aunt. She's my aunt? Oh. You're not Peter Parker. Well, whatever. whatever. (laughs) So anyway. Peter Parker's parents. Let's just say... Mary. Mary. Richard and Mary Parker. Let's say that she had Peter when she was 20, okay? That's an average age, okay? She has Peter when she's 20. We pick up with the Amazing Spider-Man, I mean, Amazing Fantasy. Um, He's what? 13, 14? Would you say? I'd say 15. 15, okay. We'll call it 15, okay? Okay. She has Peter when she's she's 20. By the time Peter's 15, she's 35. Well, she's dead, actually. She's gone because May has been raising her. 
um, let's just say that uh, his parents were about the same age. Let's just say that, uh, you know, maybe he, uh, Richard was the younger brother or whatever. So even if you say, what's a, a, a huge age gap between brothers? I mean, it's potentially possible for there to be 20 years, even though that doesn't happen. Possibly. That's, Possibly. Yeah. Let's call it 20, okay? So let's just say if, if she'll be 35, 65. I mean, and that's really pushing it. If it's one of those weird families where the parents had kids, you know, really late in their life. At the oldest, she's 65. But she looks like she's 85 or 90. Yes. And she stays looking 85 or 90 all the way up until Peter's in his 30s. Right. So I, I guess I just, I don't understand why originally they made her so old. I read some things about Stan Lee wanting to have a uh, mentoring couple uh, that were on par with Ma and Pa Kent. So that's why he wanted them to be older. But it just doesn't make sense. There's no logic for it, yes. No, not at all. No. I mean, it, honestly, at our age, Paul, Aunt May should still be hot enough to bang. I agree. And now I she mean, is. Well, Ew. yeah. But I just she should be that young. Uh, I don't know. It's just something while I was putting this together, I'm like, wait a second. That's weird. Because I was, I, you know, I, my entire life I've been reading Spider-Man. It never, I never made the connection with, I knew she was Aunt May. But I never said... She's Aunt May, but she looks like Grandma May. What? Until last night, as I lay exhausted on the couch with my tablet, trying to put together today's news. I like it. You like it? I do. The, I think he's talking about the image of you exhausted on the couch with a tablet. Ah, I'm pretty sure no. he's thinking of you without clothes on, too. No, I was so. thinking about old Aunt May. Dude, I told you that was yesterday at the fair, not today. Oh, you were doing that today, too? No, no, yesterday was Pride Day at the fair. <laughs> You're <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you see I, me dancing on stage? <laughs> I can believe that. Actually. Yeah, that surprised me. I was in the airport. People were flagging us down. They're like, "Come down, we have a survey for you." I'm like, "Oh, why do you want?" It was Gay Pride. I did not want to do that. Why? I don't so, know. I had to catch a flight. Are you saying that you often get mistaken for a homosexual man? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm attractive. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Are you hitting on me now? No. Um. You just ruined his day. Sure, that I'm not hitting on it. I could really go for an egg waffle though right now. Squirrel. <laughs> Is that code? <laughs> Seriously. Like go my ego. <laughs> oh my god! Why do we do this to ourselves? Jack happened. <laughs> just Jack. All right, and that would be the end of the news. That was a lot. And I would just like to touch on the fact that there will be no entertainment rumors with Lana this week because Lana has a prior commitment. Yes. So, but again, through the Facebook page, Lana was getting a lot of support on that. She was. A lot of people were digging the new rumor section. She did so, well. Yes. So, we yeah. got to make sure she hears this back and hears that we are acknowledging that she is building her own family. I, I actually, I, I let her know. Good. It started happening. Good. Um, and hopefully, uh, schedule-wise, it's going to be easy to do this. Um, I don't. You don't listen to the podcast. You nope. probably don't even know I, I have a new job and all this stuff. But um, I know. Congratulations. I'm working with my wife. I'm actually working from home. Doing the same job. I'm doing uh, customer support for Rev. I start my training on Monday. And I, basically, it's eight hours a day answering phone calls and trouble tickets on the phone. 40 to 50 hours a week. What's Rev? Is it? Uh, she, it's a uh, company that does uh, captions and transcription and some language translation. Okay. So when you watch a TV show, 
and you see closed captions at the bottom because you want to turn that on your TV and you can't figure out how the fuck to shut it off because you lost the remote, it's very possible that uh, our company captioned that because they do they do movies, they do TV shows, all sorts of stuff. Uh, so I'm going to be working as a, the support group. I'm not going to be doing the captioning, but if there's issues, uh, customer issues or uh, rep issues, I, I help resolve those. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's awesome working from home. We don't need two cars anymore. I'm off Fridays and Saturdays, so I, I you know, I kind of messed up our schedule a little bit by doing the Saturdays because I really only wanted, you know, Saturdays off until like mid-afternoon uh, for this, but they can't really do that. So uh, I'm off all Saturdays, so we'll be open and free for doing Geekpot. I was worried that nice. the schedule was going to mess mess things up or force us to change it around. But well, congratulations! Thank you. I feel like you're going to be having that caption go on the bottom of the screen, like I'm fucking with you right now. I am not turning this off. Oh no! I, he I doesn't have that kind of power. <laughs> Eventually, he will no, have that. No, power. I don't actually do the captions. Oh, uh, can you turn it green? Can you turn it green? <laughs> No, I just started. <laughs> I can't do that. Oh, <laughs> wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. On that note, squirrel. Good lord. <laughs> now, I would like to turn our attention to a brand new feature we are starting here. Yeah, with Sleepy over here. <laughs> How could you be all seven dwarves all at once? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Entertainment. Squirrel. <laughs> now, I, I don't know what he wants to call it because this was a quick back and forth that him and I had. But I've decided we're going to call it Coach Corb's Sports Report. <laughs> it sounds like Coach Carter. <laughs> you know, the coach of our football team in high school always used to fall asleep in his desk because he'd hit the, the bourbon he kept in it a little too hard most of the time. Shh. If we can get like sound effects, it would be kind of cool if you get Coach Corbs' sports report and then you have crab cakes and football from Wedding Crashers. Crab cakes and football? You Did I hear that right? Yeah, crab cakes and football. Like a voice sound. Like to say it this time? <laughs> squirrel! <laughs> where is anyway. This, where is this damn squirrel you keep talking about? <laughs> Take it away, Corbs. Well, I don't have much for, for sports this week because, well, I mean... Still preseason. Right. Unfortunately, it's still a preseason and, you know, nobody plays and shit like that so so for football there's not much Michael Vick thing though 15,000 people though protesting he, they yeah, that, that's, that's, that's normal that's I normal know I mean they protest every time he walks out of his house there's 15,000 people in their house protesting go back in your house <laughs> so I mean don't get me wrong Michael Vick yeah you're a douchebag but for motherfucker well, throw a ball <laughs> can run too. I mean, he's got it. Thirty-five. So, but he's he signs he signs a backup. So I mean, if Roethlisberger gets hurt, they've got an emergency quarterback. I guess you could call it. But other than that, that that to me is if he signed, he signed. If he didn't, yeah. So uh, the Brady thing, that's just going to go on all year. I think he's he's, he's going to end up sitting. You know, four games. They'll go one and three in those four games and be out of the playoffs. That's my that's my take on that. Other than that, football. Until it starts, I got nothing for it. Can I ask you something? Being the only non-sports person here, go for it. What's that? Um, the Michael Vick thing. Yep. Has mm -hmm. anything happened um, since he got busted for his dog fighting? Right. Yeah. Correct. Um, has he done anything else douchebaggy since then? No. No. no they're all. Everyone's still focused on that. Yeah. Okay. Because because here's my thing. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody at this table that's never done anything bad or made a mistake, and I'm talking big mistake, like. Uh, Everything from, you know, buying a bag of weed from a buddy, cheating on a girlfriend in high school or college, something. We've all done something really, really bad. 
Not really bad. Going to like, someone's house looking for your cell phone. <laughs> I, I'm just I saying that outside the lines. We, we've all done something that you know people would you know be mad at us about. You know, um, yeah, it was a shitty thing, and I don't want to defend what he did. I, I don't know the guy, I don't know sports, but um, that was a really long fucking time ago. And he, he served, served his, his time. time. He did everything. I the guy needs to be able to to make a living. Agreed. And uh, if he's good at throwing a football, I wait for him to do something else before you really start that shit. Okay, it'd be one thing if he got out of jail and immediately started up another dog fighting ring. Right. You know, <laughs> I mean, the new one right outside the jail. I mean, it, does anybody consider the fact that maybe he's like, you know what, that really was wrong of me? I feel like a douchebag. I shouldn't have done that. You know, that is possible. Right. People actually do get repentant for repentant, repentant for things. It's funny you say that, though. He did play for the Philadelphia Eagles, the team I follow, and people said I was a follower just because he was on the team. But everybody. Yes, it was bad. Give him a second chance. He can throw a football. I feel like he learned from it, but the real test to it, though, when he retires from football, because he won't have football anymore and sees what he can do with it, but he's done charity work. He has a family. Yeah. He's done a lot. He's been a model citizen ever since he's been out of the game. Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb, even though Donovan McNabb has been in the news quite a bit lately for yeah. the DWIs, helped him turn over New Leaf, and yeah. wherever he goes, he actually has people's support. And I feel like the man deserves a second chance. Agree. I, I agree with that. He does deserve a second chance because, like you said, since he's got since that happened, since the whole thing went down and he served 23 months or whatever it was in prison, he has been a model citizen. So people just need to find something else to deal with. I mean, I was watching Sports Center a couple of days, a couple of mornings ago. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. There's a cough. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, so I was watching Sports Center, and since the end of last year, in the time there was training camp, there have been 23 arrests involving football players from anything from DUI, substance abuse, domestic violence, rape. 23 people have been bored. Yeah, it's been big. And people are still focusing on something that happened 10 years ago. 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, absolutely. With this. When this, when the NFL, and don't get me wrong, I love the NFL, love football. It's a hard hitting game. It's violent, stuff like that. But they are focusing on the wrong shit. These people are. They need to figure out how to fix the NFL from inside the NFL. There's these guys, these players are out there do, doing stuff that they're being arrested for, and there are no consequences for these for these people. People are being arrested for you know. DWI, Donald McNabb, DWI. There's had to be at least three or four of the guys that have been arrested for it. James Hardy with his domestic yeah, violence. Yeah, domestic violence. I mean, Ray Ray bitch slapped his girlfriend yeah. in the elevator. Knocked her ass cold. I saw that video. Only got two games. Didn't get any jail time. He got he no jail time. Was suspended for two games. The, the Ravens released him. He didn't play all year. They're talking about him coming back to playing this year. He has served his time. He spent a year out of the game. He got help. He deserves a second chance. If he fucks up again, throw the book at him. Exactly. I couldn't agree. But all these players, like Ray McDonald from the San Francisco 49ers, two domestic violent charges, gun charges, DWI. I mean, he's a habitual offender. Yeah, these guys are constantly beating the shit out of people, raping women, and the NFL is just like, nah, it's part of the game. No, no, it's not part of the game. You, these people, th- these are athletes. They are bigger, stronger than anybody else out there. Especially the football players, because you got three hundred pound linemen. You, these guys work out constantly. They can overpower anybody. 
So for them, for you to to rape a woman and say, "Oh, it's part of it's part of the game. It's you know we'll deal with it," and then he sits for a game or whatever. If you are, if anybody here at this table, not saying we would, if you were to rape a woman and get accused of it and go to trial, you would go to jail. Yeah. Now I'm not saying you're gonna go to jail for ten years or whatever, but you're gonna spend time in jail. These football players, they do not. They sit a game, they get fined half their salary or whatever it might be, half the salary for you know six games or whatever it might be, but they don't serve jail time, and that irritates me. For, from a from a fan's standpoint. Yeah, they think they're higher than the law. It's just they need to serve their purpose. Right. That's why, like the Michael Vick thing, it was unfortunate what he had to do, but it served a purpose. Mexico Burris, for right. example, too. They both served their time. Yeah. They came out. Perhaps supposed to work him out. He was okay. I mean, he had a little bit different. He shot himself. Right. But still, he had a gun in in a nightclub and it went off and it hurt himself. But that hurt his career. Michael Vick did something that was completely not anything related to his career with the dog fighting ring and all that stuff. And he even admitted that he did it and it was wrong. He admitted it was wrong, and he knew that he did something wrong. He served his time. He's made definitely made amends to that to that end. He's done charity work. He's talked out about cruelty to animals, stuff like that. So, in my mind, he has done his time. Leave him alone for now. But there are I understand there are there are you know uh, foundations out there that are going to constantly berate him because he's a star athlete. He's in the news. This, that, and the other thing. But there are other things you can be. Other, other, there's other people out there that are cruel to animals. And, you know, he is the poster child for animal cruelty because he's an NFL superstar. Have they incorporated like jail time and court hearings and stuff into like Madden 16 or 17? <laughs> <laughs> I do have a home mini game, anything like that. that but see, the, no, <laughs> they haven't. But but that's, but see, that's that's you you make light of that, but incorporate that stuff into the game. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. It's right. All I ever hear about the NFL. Is I hear about you know the new Madden game and I hear about people getting arrested. Yeah, it, it, and that's part of that. No offense, that's part of the game now. You, you, I think I think coaches, the NFL teams, they take an account for that stuff. When they when they get together and they say, okay, this is going to be a roster. Okay, this guy's a screw up. This guy's a screw up. He's going to end up in you know suspended for smoking weed, four game suspension. So we got to find somebody to cover him. And that's what. Okay. <laughs> And I think that's what I think that the problem is is that is causing other players a chance not to be on the league uh, on the teams. If you if, if you understand what I'm saying, you know it's just uh, I hate you all. No, no but you make a, you make a good point though. But think about it. Plexo Burr shoots himself, gets a year and a half. Dante Stallworth kills a man, yep. runs him over with a car, gets 24 days in prison. You or I do that. Yeah. Probably life imprisonment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's manslaughter. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Pays his fine and he's on his way. Right. Serves 24 wow. days. It's, the NFL needs to clean up their act. Yeah. Roger Goodell made $3 million base salary last year, $40 million in endorsements. The commissioner of the NFL, it's messed up. I don't know. It just needs to be fixed. Like you said, it's our favorite sport, but it just needs to be fixed. Right. But Steelers, it will be the Eagles versus the Colts in the Super Bowl. Let's do it. I, I, I would see that. I could see that. I would like that. I would like that too. I made the wrong joke. I should have made something about Grand Theft Madden 17. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I didn't know a guy ran somebody yep. over. Yeah, and that and that that's you know guys. Like I said, Ray Ray Rice punched his girlfriend in the face on camera, knocked her ass cold, and dragged her out of the elevator. Right. Yeah. And he got two game suspension. I mean, the, the Ravens did the right thing. They let him go. Nobody signed him. 
But they all, it, I think it was more of the thing, okay, look, we know you're good, and you need to get yourself together before anybody will give you a shot. And I think I think at some point he will sign with a team, even if it's a ba- in a backup role, at some point he'll be back in the NFL. So... Squirrel. Where? But so, no. Is that all you have for sports this week? Uh, there's. I mean that. I mean, for me, Jack's got his finger up. I don't know. What I do want to hear your take though. Like, um, because the NFL did start a new thing this year, like the extra point system. Yeah. That would be very cool. Like, extra point system. Yeah, the extra point. Talk about that. The extra yeah, you can knock your girlfriend out with one punch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, they moved the instead of the extra point being uh basically a thirteen yard field goal, they're moving it back. I think 15 yards is not going to be a 35-yard field goal for, for the extra point. point, as opposed to having the the extra point. Now, if you go for two, it's still it's still the same Correct. spot, but the, the extra point, which is the point after the touchdown, the kicker comes out, kicks the ball. They're making it a little more difficult. And these okay. th- all these guys were kicking from you know basically the three-yard line for the, the extra point. Shots. Yeah, and it, I mean, so they're making it a little difficult to so that they're what I think they're trying to do is they're trying to force teams to make go for a two-point conversion. Make it more exciting. Make the game Gosh. more exciting. The game, and don't get me wrong, the game is exciting. I mean, uh, I've watched a couple of preseason games. I watched, I watched Robert Griffin III take two big hits in a preseason game. So, and this is preseason. These are guys that are trying to make the team. What do you get to do with these guys that are out there and they're actually playing for real? I mean, they're going to be they tee off on each other. Yeah. You know, that's I, I think that's the the fun part about it. See, guy go across the middle and some linebacker or something. Which in the old days, I mean, guys would just literally tee off on each other like. Swinging, head swinging type of thing for each other. Lead with the helmet. You, all you know, though, doesn't that, my limited knowledge of football coming into play here, uh, all, all gleaned from, you know, not even Madden, from Joe Montana football on the, in Techno Bowl. Techno oh, my God. God. <laughs> Moving it back, doesn't that tell the other team exactly what you're going to do? Because I mean, don't some people line up there and you don't know if they're going to go for the, I mean, they could go for the two-point conversion. Right. I mean, so this is going to kind of, you know, It takes the fake out, out of it, yeah. Yeah, 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 if, and I agree. If, if you... If you're lining up way back at the thirty, the thirty-five well, or whatever, isn't that an easier two-point conversion to make though? Even if you go back, but then you try to throw it. Well, yeah, it gives you more room to. Yeah, it gives, gives you more room, room. To, to maneuver if you're farther back. So if you line up for the, ex, the extra point and then decide to fake it, yeah, it gives you more room to play with. But if you're lining up for the field goal, your best team isn't on the field at that point. Mm. And so. then they also say if you miss the extra point and if you also miss the two-point conversion, the other team gets it. They get those points now. No, uh, see, I didn't hear that. I, um, it's possible, so. but that's why I'm hoping uh, Tim Tebow. We all know who Tim Tebow is. Um, he makes the Philadelphia Eagles. And I would I would like him to be our third option at quarterback. So him yeah, get right. a lot of two point conversions. Yeah, that would be different if I mean if he makes the team for Philadelphia, then yeah, you have that option from the third back because he can scramble that far. He's got a good arm. He's he's a decent player all around. I don't see why he hasn't been in the NFL. Yeah, um, from the from the get go. Well, that's another thing you were saying. Like we all touch upon, like Michael Vicky's dogfighting all that. Tim Tebow's just this model citizen, and people bash him for it. They're like, "Oh, he likes Christ. He likes all these things. He's such a good guy. Let's find something to bash him on." Like he just wants to play football. Yes, he's not the best NFL quarterback. I don't know percentages at all, but eight for twenty-two is not good. Eight completions, twenty-two attempts. That's not good for a quarterback. But he wins games wherever he goes. Yeah. All right. All right. And he's a damn pretty fella. The chicks dig him. I'll put that down over there. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> so another thing for for sports to me is, is we're getting close to postseason for baseball. So 
I mean, my team's, you know, out of it. We won't go there. Mine too. Wait, how <laughs> yeah. can you... Wait. Oh, what, the white, the white, yeah. I'm a White Sox oh. fan. And they're, like, second, third or fourth place in the Central. And they're, like, I think seven or eight games. I mean, they're not out of it, out of it, but they're just not... They're not good enough to make the playoffs this year. Gotcha. They're just not. Same with the Red Sox. I don't even know what the Braves are. I have, you don't want to you know. They lost bad. You don't want to know. I heard the Astros ever do something this Astros, year. Astros are the, the big team of the, this year. They're in first place in the American League West. Um, Pirates are my are my father's favorite team. So and they're I've heard all rumors that they're the team to beat this year. And they're on, they're in second place in the Central behind yeah, the Cardinals. Okay. Are running away with the the, the National League. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait for the postseason to start. So, so what are you calling? Who's who's going to be in the World Series? Pirates and the Pirates and the Royals, who last year made the playoffs for the first time ever the same year. That's right. Write that down. <laughs> so yeah, I see Kansas City and uh, and Pittsburgh in the World Series. How many games? Who wins it? Six games. Kansas City. All right, we got Rainman over here. Oh, he is making notes. You know what? I hope whoever's in the World Series and. We'll take that as well in the Stanley Cup. Whoever they are, I hope they're not New York or Massachusetts teams or whatever. Because you know what I hate about those two sports? Is if any of the big teams are located in those areas, our local CW affiliate always pushes Supernatural to Saturdays. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's always a game. And we'll, we'll set it to record. And they don't change it on the, yep. the on thing. The and we sit down to watch Supernatural and there's baseball. The Yankees game is on. Yep. <laughs> they used to do that. They did that last year. Like I, I watched a show last year called uh, Night Shift, which was on Channel 3. And last year was the first year it was on. And I was watching it. I was going to watch it one night. And I, same thing. Put it on to record. Team sat down at like, it was on at 10 o'clock. So I sat down at like 10.45. Turned on. It was the fucking Yankees game. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You know what? Me? I want to be the guy that's smart enough to create a DVR or some kind of program where if your show is preempted, it pulls it from a different feed. Because you're paying to watch that show. That's right. what it says on my guide. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying to watch a fucking baseball game. Right. Because how many people end up... Because a lot of people may not know, oh, well, I can catch it on Saturday. Because some of those shows will usually show them later in the week. Yeah. Um, what if you miss that? How, how much do you think people would pay for that? People well, would. Yeah, people would. I would sell you Jack for that. You would sell Jack for that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the person. I'm not saying, oh, I'd sell Jack for that. You already um, sold me last week. Can, on, can we you prove ownership of him? Admit it now. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Will that hold up in court? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. No. So, you feeling good about your, your new feature? Sure, sure. You did a good job, of course. Yeah. Sure. It, it, There's it, a cat now. <laughs> what? Squirrel! <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna go for the high fives around the table for you for your first full feature. Well, in it, I mean, oh, two, because I see. We yeah, have. I've got, I've got that. But I mean, obviously, it'll be better once the season starts. <laughs> There's actually games to talk right. about. I mean, because it's it's tough. I mean, no offense, it's tough to pick a baseball game because baseball is is boring. Right. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I love baseball. I'm a baseball fan. I'm a true baseball fan. I've played baseball since I was my son's age. And if I could still be playing, I would. But it is the most boring sport ever. I went to a Chiefs game, I remember, a couple weeks ago. I'm like, what inning? They're in the, they're in the third inning. I'm like, oh, I'd rather watch golf on TV. No, if I, if I had my baseball. choice, I would I would do watch neither. 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 Golf is boring, just as boring. And That's I love tennis. golf. As you know, I, I missed a show because to play in a golf tournament. I love to play golf, but watching golf is a different story. Oh, it yeah. is the. I can't watch it. It's, it's like watching flies fuck. 
You know, I, I don't agree. I actually think golf is okay. I mean, it's not exciting, but I can sit there and watch it because they hit the ball, it goes somewhere, people move. You watch baseball, 10 guys will stand in the same spot unless somebody gets lucky, okay? <laughs> You're right. That's exactly they all switch sides and right. they get the same spot after, after, after three outs, they all switch sides and the guys, other guys go out in the field and they do the same thing. You're right. So. But that's why we need football season again, though. It'll be nice. Hard hitting, yep. short season, every game counts. Yeah. Sunday, you get a bullet show. There's only it's like six, six, 17 weeks. Yeah. Like in baseball, you can lose 20 straight games and still find a way to win the division. Football, every game counts. Right. Oh, I thought you meant it was a shorter season than normal. Oh, no. No, no. no. It's just, just in it's, comparison it's, to the NBA or the and, MLB. MLB, NBA, NHL. I mean, NHL goes from October? October or November to June. Oof. NBA goes from. October to October to March. No, early April. You're even longer than that. May Whoa. or June. Oh, if you make the playoffs, if that's you make right. The playoffs, right. Okay. Baseball goes from April until November, so they're looking at eight, nine months for all those seasons. NFL is four months done in February. I mean, they start. I mean, don't get me wrong. Training camp starts in July, so it's it does it's a, it's kind of a long drawn out thing. But it, that's training camp. You include training camp into baseball. <laughs> the entire year. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you you end in November. You have you go back in February. So in the NHL, they end in June. They start up again in October. So I mean, they've got a little longer. NBA is kind of the same way. So we, we, he's saying with the NFL, it's it's 16 games and every game counts. You lose two or three games, and you're pretty much out of your division. You've got to fight to get a playoff spot at that point. So, and that's why I think with Brady having to serve a four-game suspension, it's going to hurt. I still say Garoppolo will go two and two. I don't. It's it's the Patriots. That's why it, Belichick it, it, made Brady. And you'll right, and you'll find out if Brady's the good quarterback that he is, or if it's a system that he's playing. Touche. Because if Grapple comes out and goes three and one, it's the system, not the quarterback. That's why. That's what. That's what you'll see. So if it's he comes out and goes one and three, then it's Brady. That's the the, the system and Brady working together. It's good. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't have system, it's different. That's why I, I think the four game suspension will tell you if he's a good enough quarterback. Don't get me wrong, good quarterback. Down is one of the best. He is not the best. I've heard people say he's the best quarterback ever. Mm. I'm sorry. You've got way better quarterbacks than him. I, I can name three off the top of my head right now. So could I. You know, He's a top ten quarterback all time. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Top ten. He may be the tenth best. But there's nobody better than Dan Marino. The greatest quarterback never to win the Super Bowl. Exactly. But he's, I mean, he set the passing records before the passing records were... Yeah, he almost passed for 5,000 yards right. when there was nothing in the 80s. Exactly. So, I mean, that, he's he's the best. I mean, Montana's up there. Steve Young's up there. Those guys, I mean, but to throw Tom Brady in that mix, I'm sorry. I don't I don't agree with it. I'd probably go for top best quarterbacks of all time. I would say Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas, and then Peyton Manning. Yeah, and I don't even, I don't think Peyton Manning's even up there yet. I mean, and I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a diehard Colts fan. I love Peyton Manning. I don't think he's top five. He's okay. only won one Super Bowl. Right. I mean, you know, Dan Marino's never won any, but I think Dan Marino is a better quarterback than Peyton Manning because he played in an era when you ran the football to throw the football. Right. And they did it the opposite way in Miami. Mm-hmm. He threw the ball. I mean, if he threw the ball 50 times in a game, that was normal. Right. Y'all guys throw 50 times in a game. It's because they're down 25 points at one point. They've got to throw the ball. He was doing it. Just because that's all he could do. They they had a running game when he was playing, so he threw the ball all the time, and mm-hmm. he threw and threw and forty eight touchdowns, five you know four hundred and four thousand nine hundred and something yards, 
Yeah, it wasn't the norm. So that's why I think he's the better quarterback. Because in the era when it wasn't normal to throw the ball, that's all he did. And he was good at it. Oh, yeah. And he, and he was in East Ventura. Had to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> with Bree Finkel. In his isotoner gloves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my take on Tom Brady. When the football season starts, though, we're going to make some predictions and see. Oh, yeah. Let's do okay. that. Yeah. Hence the... Sports report, Warren. Oh. That's kind of the idea. I thought you were just drawing predictions a- based on which animal I think would eat the other animals. You can definitely do that. That's how people. You, that's go. you laugh. That's how some people pick games. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> he's you, absolutely you said, right. You, you, I'm serious. I've talked to people and I've read stuff online that in the NC2As, girls will pick it by the color of the uniform, and if and if the one mascot can beat up the other mascot. <laughs> and they're right sometimes. So that's how it goes for fantasy football too. Yeah. We like that name. So don't look at me in the corner, boys. Let's move on. All right, we're moving on to Corbs's Sutter report. <laughs> ah, I'm I'm actually going to start watching that next month. Next month, September fifteenth. Okay, so. Sutter's new drama that's coming out is The Bastard, Bastard Executioner. Now, you may think, oh, it's Kurt Sutter, it's this, it's going to be something kind of along the lines of Sons of Anarchy. Well, it may be set at a different time, but it is going to kind of follow this same thing as his last show. Going to have a star, you know, guy that is kind of a anti-hero, I guess is what you would call him. Um, series good. It's a takes place. It's a meta, medieval piece. It's something that Chris Sutter's wanted to do for a long time. Like he said that even when he was filming and they were writing songs, that he had done interviews that his biggest goal was to do something as a medieval piece, some t- peri- a timepiece period type of show. Got his wish with this show. Um, I know you know people are you know they're going to think well it's set in a medieval time. It's kind of set for this. You're going to be thinking of other shows, Game of Thrones, Outlander, stuff like that. But it's not going to be anything like that. Um, there's going to be there's going to be some violence. I mean, obviously, it's that time of it's a medieval piece, so there's going to be violence in it, kind of on same lines with Game of Thrones and Outlander and, and Vikings and all that stuff. So the violence is part of the show, but it's not going to be an inter- integral part of the show. So with Sons, when they killed somebody or there was some violence, you know, uh, who's the first person killed in that? Well, we'll say we'll say Opie. When Obi was was killed off on the show, there was a reason it was done. It had to be done. He was the moral compass of the show. There's always consequences that happen. The he was killed, so Jack's killed the prison guard, and the four people that killed him in prison. So there's always going to be consequences, ramifications for what he does. But because he went out and Jack's killed those guys, there was ramifications to that. Bobby got at some point. Bobby got caught up. You know, he lost his hand, his eye, and was killed, all that stuff. There's always ramifications to everything that's going to happen to the star. And that's what Sutter's going to do with this, with the violence of the show. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about the, the stars of the show. Um, his Kurt's going to be in it. He's a, he's kind of doing the upper Hitchcock thing. He's kind of in all the shows that he writes. He was in The Shield. He had a small arc in The Shield. Obviously, he was big in The Suns. He's going to play... Uh, Ironically, you'll get a kick out of this ball. He's going to play a mute. I saw that. <laughs> so it, that was kind of what he ended up being in, at the end of Suns. He bit his own tongue off at the, at the end, in the end of Suns, towards the end of it, before he was killed. He bit his own tongue off, so he ended up being a mute, which is kind of where I kind of think that that's kind of funny. 
Uh, his wife's going to be in it. Katie Seagal is going to be in it. She's going to have a small part. Um, I don't know how big it's going to end up being, but she's going to be in it again. Um, the lead actor, I, I, I haven't heard of the lead actor. I was looking him up uh, online yesterday at work. Yes, while I was working. I was <laughs> taking down notes, kind of like you were doing, getting ready for the show, but I was doing it while I was at work. Uh, I haven't heard of the, the gentleman who's playing the lead character. His name is Lee Jones. I haven't, hit, haven't seen much about him. haven't seen any movies. He's uh, he's kind of a, a British actor, so I haven't really seen much. He hasn't been in a lot. Okay, all these days? Yeah, and in, in he, mm -hmm. in particular, I mean, obviously, Charlie Hunnam was, this is an English actor. He likes to get, get guys that are kind of on the verge of being superstars or maybe a superstar. Like Charlie Hunnam, before he was Jax, he, you didn't really know who he was. He started that show, and now he's, he's in Pacific Rim. Uh... He's got another movie coming out. I can't remember the name of it. Pacific Rim Two. Well, they're talking about yes. well, they're talking about Pacific Rim Two. Yeah. And they're talking about that in a, a crossover with Godzilla, between the two of them, which would be kind of cool. And I've looked on, on that. I haven't heard anything else about that. But if I do find and see something about it, I'll bring it to the table. Um. So yeah. So Lee Jones, I'm not sure kind of what he's been in and what he's done. So interesting. Interesting to see kind of where how he plays out in this, which would be nice. Jack, you like this? There's actually going to be a character. In there, his name is Miles Corbett. All right. So I, I kind of let was going. There's also there's also also another guy that's going to be in there. Uh, his name is uh, Richard Corbett. So there's kind of, okay. there's, a, there's a kind of a family name there. I thought you might like. I that. like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be played. The guy, Miles Corbett's going to be played by uh, Stephen Moore from True Blood. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody's watched. Stephen Moore. Yeah. Yes. So he's going to be playing. Bill. Okay. So yeah, he's going to be in it. Um, so he'll be playing the the, the Miles Corbett. And then uh, I found this out yesterday. Ed Sheeran, the singer, is going to yeah. be in the show. He's I gonna saw have, that in the write-up. Yeah, he's going to have a small part. He's going to have kind of a recurring role on it. I'm not sure. Again, not sure what it's going to be, um, but he is going to have a small part in it, which would be kind of be interesting. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting too. Just so you know, I went and did a quick IMDb sh uh, search. Lee Jones, known for Bastard Executioner, coming up. Also, Slut the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. And That's all of a sudden on the top of my to see list. <laughs> I got a copy in my car if you want. One. <laughs> that would not surprise me. Did he slot the musical or a musical? Hello. <laughs> 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 uh, I could see him being a big show tunes guy. I could see him singing show tunes while watching. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no what? More singing. Do, do you have a uh, rent in your car? It's not unusually loved by anyone. <laughs> I don't think that's rent. No, I, rent rent sucks. But you know of it, so that's, yeah. that's you're scary. proving his point. No, like, no, I know of it too. So yeah, it's, it's, I've heard of it. That's all. I, I had to read. A music. I've had to pick. I remember we were talking about rent, how much it sucked, and what was my SAT essay on rent? Because we had to read a big essay about rent for the SATs. But keep going. I think you were confused. I wanted to talk about like rent control departments in New York City. No, you were confused. And naturally, you go to the musical. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we get back into topic again. Uh, other other thing uh, I was reading, Kurt is actually um, very big on employing people from his previous shows. Uh, Par uh, Paris Barclay, who directed 15 episodes of The Sons, is going to direct the pilot episode of The Best Best Executioner. Awesome. And he's also going to be a executive producer so he's going to be big in the, in the producing of it so it's nice to see that he's taking guys from the sons and bringing them along with him um the other thing is uh charles Mur murray is it was a writer on the sons 
he did the last two seasons of the songs. He's going to be writer and co-executive co, co producer of The Bastard Executioner. So, like I said, he, he's, it looks like he's very big on keeping family together. Yeah. And then the other thing is uh, Nicole Beattie, another writer from The Suns. She's also going to be uh, writing for the show. But she a big thing is she also wrote for The Walking Dead. Oh, nice. So I've, I've, I found that kind of... Uh, because we talk, we talk a lot about The Walking Dead, so it's nice that she was down there. But she also wrote for uh, The Walking Dead, so that was I thought that was kind of cool. And then, uh, so if anybody's interested, it's the first uh, first episode is September fifteenth. It's a Tuesday. That's uh, two hour. Two, <laughs> I can already see Paul. I was about to say it. It's a uh, Tuesday, September fifteenth. A two hour premiere, and as Paul is smiling, it's the same time slot as. Sons of Anarchy. There you go. They gave it the same, the same exact time slot. So I think what they're hoping is they will get the Suns fans uh, to tune in at the same time. So. Well, what I think it really is is uh, Kurt must listen to the show and heard your pleas <laughs> that you need to fill that void on Tuesday nights. Yes. So. And on, on the same note, uh, I don't know if you heard this or read anything about this, but they are talking. It's in development about doing a spinoff. On the songs. I it has it been yesterday. confirmed. Uh, yeah. See, I read this morning. It has not yet been confirmed. They said yesterday it was yeah. confirmed through uh, Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. No, yeah, it's still in development. He's still developing it. He is more focused on the Bastard Executioner right now. He is in talks. It's in the development stage. Um, it has not been greenlighted yet. So he's developing it still, but I'm sorry. It, Let's face it. It's going to happen. Exactly. And the prequel, um, that's still in talks. They're still talking about doing that. So when I hear anything more about any of that stuff, I will let you guys know. You know, I, I saw that news article, and it struck me because they're talking about, um, I guess, some gang based out of L.A. that they'd run into before. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the spinoff is going to be based, will be based on the Mayan MC, which is the Mayan Motorcycle Club, which um, when the show started, they were... At odds, it was the Suns versus the Mayans all the way. They were the rival club. Yeah, rival gotcha. club. But by the end of the show, they were working together. So it's gonna, to me, it's gonna be interesting. Where where does it start? Does it start at the end when they're working together? Does it start at the beginning, showing their coming to fruition? Um, so that would be interesting to kind of find out where he's gonna take that from the start. So. Well, I also read that he isn't going to be as involved with it as he was with Suns because of the bastard execution. Did you? See that? Yeah. That's what I saw. He was a little more hands off on it. He's doing the development, basically laying out the world and the story, and he gets the the green light on it. He he's he's the George Lucas of the world of yeah. this world. At basically, the MC world. yeah. He gets final say on you know. He's not going to let them fuck up his vision, basically. Yeah, but he doesn't but, have time yeah. to write every single episode. Right. Agreed. You know, I, I read an article. I was reading an article about him that, uh, I mean, he. Uh, he's very big in that world. Like when he first started to, to do the Suns, he took time and actually went and sat with motorcycle clubs and learned the way that they they are. So his knowledge of that the motorcycle club and that that era that society is firsthand knowledge. Era. So Suns doesn't happen in the current. No, it does. It, it does. But I would, but just but the whole era. I mean th this. In the first night, we'll touch on this if it ever gets produced. What it was, those these motorcycle clubs that came about were guys coming back from Vietnam. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that. Everybody yeah, and it's them wanting to, you know, when they're over in, in, in Vietnam and fighting in the war, they didn't have really much 
leadership, not even leadership, but rules. It was structure. Yeah, it was fight or be killed. So when they came back and they had to come back to society and have to try to fit back into society, and they, they couldn't handle it. So that's why these guys started forming these little clubs so they could kind of get outside of that and have their own rules and society. And that's where these clubs came, came about. Kind of like their own support system. Yeah. They kind of just latched on to each so other. In, the, so the original, the original guys, the original people, like we were talking Hells Angels, um, I can't think of some of the other clubs. We'll go with the Hells Angels. The guys that first um, came back from the war and formed the club, that was what it was. They were It was a support group. It wasn't outlaw. It wasn't, you know, running guns and drugs and all that stuff. It was basically, it's just nine guys together from the war that didn't want to have to deal with society as a whole, and they wanted, they had each other. And then it became, you know, 12 guys, and then they had to find a way to support themselves, but support themselves outside the law, where they didn't have to pay taxes and all this other shit, and they had to, you know, find ways to do it with the law and without the law type of thing, so. I guess that, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping the first line gets, it gets greenlighted at some point here, and I'm sure it probably will. Um, I guess I think they may wait to see how uh, the bastard does. So he means the show, and not Kurt. He's not <laughs> referring to Kurt as the bastard. He might be. I don't know. No, no. I'm oh, hoping someday I'm, to meet him. I'm trying to convince my wife to watch that because I think it's gonna. It, you know, it, it looks interesting, and it, I even said to her the other night, it was like, oh, you know what, we should, we need a new show because new shows haven't started yet. And I was like, Sons of Anarchy or Orphan Black. We ended up watching Orphan Black, I'm sorry. <laughs> but part of the reason was because I feel like I know the entire storyline of Sons of Anarchy now. <laughs> so, well, it, it's what we do. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you know, I'm like, you know what, we should check out this new show, because I hear great stuff about this guy. So we're going to check it out. We'll be able to talk about it. Good. Like, Fantastic. We'll be able to talk about a show that isn't, doesn't have zombies in it. <laughs> or people in tights. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I forgot he was coming along. That's right. Gotham starts again soon, too. All of them are coming back, oh, and I yeah. think we're going to do probably next episode, um, we are going to do, like, a, a fall show preview? Show. Show. A fall show. Fall show show. Fall show show. <laughs> show, show. <laughs> that should be the title of the next episode, fall show show. <laughs> Maybe it will be. Oh, you know, though, I, I'm, I'm kind of screwed because I never finished S.H.I.E.L.D., because uh, agents of agents of shield, yeah, I, I didn't. Finish it. I didn't finish Gotham. Why? <laughs> Don't bother. It fell apart at the end of the season. It was oh, deep. Good. Oh yeah, that was a bad. Yeah, right, right. Well, no, I, I got the feeling it was it was going. And here's the funny thing about Gotham is I really liked all the characters, but I was like, uh, you know, I, I just I'm like I could watch this new episode, but nothing is really going to happen, or what happens really doesn't matter, or you yeah. know, it, they just kept putting Jim Gordon in, in bad spots. That was and gave him a hot girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. Alfred so. though it saves the show in my opinion. I like that guy. You say he plays Doctor Doctor Who or something? His his, his father, father was, was the third Doctor. doctor. He's really good. He makes the show really good. Alfred uh, is fantastic in there. But as far as Agents of Shield goes, um, mm -hmm. I started watching it uh, when it came back from the the mid season break, and uh, again, I just felt that. They introduced all these characters. They got so far away from what the main plot line was, and I just it didn't hold my interest. It got so good. Yeah. Yes, it was a fantastic season. I loved, loved the season. How many seasons? That was season three, or was season that season two? two? Season, season three is coming. 
Yeah. Do it. I'm not even sure where I left off on it. She uh, found out who she was. She met her dad. It seems like it became, you know, um, uh, Sky. It became the Sky Show. It became Inhumans is what it became. And that's going to continue on next season. So. Alright, what do we got next, Paul? I think we should move into our recommendations section, which has been rebranded. As the Geek Pod Book Club. That's right. And I'm going to let you... You know No, I'm not going to let you start off, because I think I always do this, and then mine's anticlimactic when we come back around to mine. So I'm going to start. My recommendation... What are you trying to say, Paul? Um, <laughs> I'm very curious about what you've got written down here. Okay. You mean what I told you you wrote down there? Yes. Okay. It's written next to your name, so now you've written it down. <laughs> but uh, mine is a current issue. You can go right to the store right now and buy it. It's Ant-Man, Last Days, number one. Um, I've been beating the drum for Ant-Man since the new season, new series started. And this one... This one basically wraps up the series before Secret Wars. And it was just a cool little book. And it kind of ties up a lot of the dangling plot points. Even though... You know, I feel like the, the word dangling should always be followed by participle. Because <laughs> they just go together so long. <laughs> he did just do an English class joke, yeah. I did. <laughs> but, um... They 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 tie everything together pretty good and just like a lot of these other last days issues if anybody's reading them um, ends with the uh, going white where the the universes collide yeah but in the same vein you get the going white and then you turn the page and it tells you that basically after Secret Wars we're starting right back up where we left off so. <laughs> With a new number one, though, of course. But I, I don't want to give away a lot of plot points because it is liter- it's is—it's been out for like a few days. So, very good book. It retains the humor. It answers a lot of questions. And it gives a really nice nod to the golden age of Marvel Comics. So, do we want to get into yours or we want to save you for the end? Because... Jack told us that while he was on the plane for vacation number 27. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> it was go. only the 50th vacation, okay. Um, yeah, mine's a little different, and uh, I guess we are going to try to keep the Geek Pod, Pod Book Club uh, a little more current. Uh, this is the first time we've done this. I'm just going off, you know, what I recommend to read. Uh, this past week, I decided to do something I've been meaning to do for a very long time, which is um, dive into Todd McFarlane's Spawn. Uh, I wanted to do it since I was a kid. You know, I had the, the medieval Spawn figure and the comic that came with it. I didn't even know what Spawn was, but it was a cool-looking figure. And uh, I finally decided this week to start making my way through it. Now, overall, just overall, first of all, before I get into the specific issue, um, good book. Really good book. Um, I love the art style because what I see uh, that they're doing in, in these books, it's very similar to what I see in comics now with the, the background being part of the scene, and then there's panels. I see a lot of this like in Moon Knight, because it's got a very interesting um, art style. Um, there'll be panels 
that are on, on this backdrop that's also part of the story. It's not just a backdrop. They make the whole backdrop the page. There are panels where I don't even realize that that's a panel there until I stop and something's not right and I look at it and I realize that that's a panel there but it's almost hidden. Uh, it forces you to look at the art, uh, which a lot of books don't do. I find sometimes I lose the art as I'm reading books because I'm reading the story and I'm not seeing the art. Spawn sort of forces you to do that. Uh, the other thing I've noticed is the color palette is very interesting because even the first couple issues, you remember when comics, we've talked about how they went from to the, all being done on computers, they used to, when they would uh, color things, you would almost be able to see the uh, the imprint of the ink stamp or whatever, the, uh, the pattern that was on it when they colored it. Some of the earlier issues are like that, but it's still modern and using colors you don't usually see like bright pinks and neon greens and stuff. It's all very interesting. Uh, and I feel like that this comic was doing the art style that comics have now before we even had that technology. Um, another reason that I think it's important is I don't think we'd have things like The Walking Dead now if it wasn't for, yes, this singular comic. Not that there weren't other um, creators out there going independent, and this has something to do with my recommendation. But uh, you look at uh, independent comics before Spawn. And now you look at them afterwards, and you see that if you're a creator and you've got you know, the right story and the ability to draw it, write it, get it out there, whatever, you can have a measure of success, sometimes a great measure of success, to the point of independent comics being picked up for movies and TV series now. You know, it, it's a completely different world, and I don't think that world would exist if Todd McFarlane hadn't said, you know what, I'm kind of tired of this. And uh, he went off, and if you don't know the story, he wrote a amazing run of Spider-Man. Todd McFarlane's uh, Spider-Man is one of the great Spider-Man runs. Uh, he was the hot guy in comics at the time, and he said at the height of his popularity, you know what, Marvel, DC, screw you guys, I'm going home. And decided to, uh, him and some other guys, I mean, Alan Moore, Frank Miller, all, all the greats kind of uh, came together, and Image Comics was born. And Image is still here today. You might recognize Image, because that's where what is published? Walking Dead. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that Walking Dead wouldn't exist because image wouldn't exist, because that's a completely different thing. It's because this proved that an independent creator can go out there and make something. It doesn't have to be. Walking Dead could have been on ten different independent labels now. They all can be successful, and it used to be you had Marvel and DC, and if you, it was anything else, I mean, that's all you did. You, know, you couldn't be successful if you didn't work for one of those two. So I think we owe a, a great debt to what these guys did back then to create image and basically create uh, a, a, a template for how to be successful in an independent comic book. I'm sure there's a lot of other companies that did really good stuff too, and they're going to be pissed when they hear me giving uh, Todd McFarlane all the credit. Uh, but, I mean, you go and you look at, at what was independent comics back then, and you look at the first issue of Spawn, and you see the same quality of writing and art and coloring and pencils that you saw, in fact, better than you saw in the bigger books. You know, and, and you can see where it comes from. That being said, I think everybody should read this, but issue number 10 of Spawn um, is very interesting in the fact that it kind of steps away from the continuity of the story. Uh, what happens is that in a fight, Spawn is a demon. I'm not going to get into his history. You've probably seen the movie. <laughs> um, he has a fight with an angel named Angela, uh, who uh, basically at the end of this, it looks like he gets vaporized, but he really gets sent away on this fucking trippy dream thing and ends up coming back after the issue. This trippy dream thing is incredibly meta because the entire book is all like, I am Spawn, I am not Spawn. It, it's basically Todd McFarlane is who he is, the creator and the writer. And 
while there's a lot of story element stuff right in the middle there comes this point where he's specifically talking about comic uh, the comic book industry now in a previous um, column I believe in the, the first issue he talks about how he's grateful to Marvel and DC for the opportunities they gave him and he doesn't hate them or whatever but this is what he felt he had to do to own his own creations rather than um, them owning the creations this issue which won an uh, it, Eisner Award, I believe. Um, it, it won an award. Uh, I'm surprised that I, maybe there was a lot of backlash. I don't know. I, there was no internet then, so I couldn't look stuff up like that. But uh, man, is it a slap in the face to the comic book industry. Starting with this particular image right here, and I am going to describe this image to the people at home or in their car or whatever. And it is an image of Spawn, and on his right hand side yes, I knew this is a cage. It's like a jail cell, and there are just, all you can see are arms coming through mm -hmm. this cell, and those are arms of known superheroes. There's Spider-Man, Captain America, I believe there's Colossus, there's the Hulk, there's, is that Ant-Man? That looks kind of like Ant-Man. There's Batman. Um, the Joker's up there. These are well-known comic book creations, characters that are in this jail cell. On his left side are a bunch of men wearing hoods over their faces, almost like they're, they're, you know, about to be, you know, shot. They're at the firing line. And in the next couple panels, it's talked about how these creators are in cages, or these, these characters are in cages because their creators sold them. And they no longer have creators. And you even see one character actually has a couple lines, though everything is done so that you can't really see who it is. It is obvious that is who it's supposed freaking to be. Superman right there. And... This was basically a big FU to the comic book industry. Um, surprisingly, I, I don't know how we could have done this without getting in trouble. There's Superman in the jail cell. Clearly Superman. But you can't see enough of him to know it's Superman. I mean, it looks like the iconic air, hair, but it's exaggerated. He even says Doomsday. That's it's what Doomsday. Was that is clearly a nod to the Frank Miller Superman right there. Yeah. Clearly. Mm -hmm. And what I find interesting about that is that this was issue 10, okay? Um, yes, he was a, he was big in the comic industry, and yes, he uh, had come on, and he was successful with Image Comics, but so early in the run to come out and do something this big. Now, it wasn't Todd that wrote this, by the way. The story was by Dave Sim. You know who he is. Yes, Cerebus. Yes, one of the... Uh, uh, the the multitude of writers that came on with Spawn, uh, Frank Miller, Alan Moore, all wrote issues early on in Spawn because they were all creators who wanted to be independent. Um, I thought this issue was fantastic. I know it's not a current thing. Um, you can get anything you know digitally uh, right on Comicsology. They have all the issues going back to number one. Uh, any decent store, you know, like uh, Cloud City or whatever, is going to have, I would imagine, have the... I'm uh, sure he is. The, I'm sure you can get almost a complete run of Spawn there. Yeah, if not the run, you can get it in collected editions, and I'm sure they can order anything for you. Uh, great series, but issue 10, I mean, I was just reading this, and I was like, wow, this was actually a piece of comic book history. It was a snapshot of the industry at that time. It's kind of like, and I'm going to um, put this on you, Corbs, when... You remember when Shawn Michaels and Triple H broke, uh, the, the barrier broke kayfabe at Madison Square Gardens and hugged? Yes, yes. You remember was, that? Uh, yes. Yeah, it was the, a... The two of them with, uh, yeah, the click with uh, Shawn Waltman, X-Pac. 
Scott Ash. Hall, yeah, Scott Hall and Kevin Ash. They yeah. were yeah, they're the, the friends backstage known as the Click. And they were supposed to be enemies, but after the match, because someone was leaving. The Nash Hall, yeah, Nash and Hall were both leaving. And they all hugged right there. <coughs> Man, Triple H got <coughs> huge trouble for that. It's hard to believe yep. he's running the company now. Right. Yeah, um, he and actually to, to touch on that for those that don't know, he did get in trouble, and he was actually supposed to headline. WrestleMania, which was like two months away, he got and, buried, and he got buried as a mid card status for like a eighteen while. months, which is how the whole DX thing started. Yep. Yes. So, so yeah, I mean, th- this was that kind of a uh, an occurrence. Okay. okay. Uh, wow. I mean, the balls to do that. Sure, McFarland just did the art on on this, but um, still, wow. You know, I, I think that that's amazing, and and now I feel like we have comic book artists breaking those walls down every day. We have writers who are doing stories that, that, that maybe they couldn't do before or maybe they shouldn't even do. I mean, we have people testing boundaries. Oh, that for is sure. Uh, in a way that we haven't had before. And I think a lot of that goes back to this. So I would recommend, I mean, picking that uh, the issue up just because it is a, it's almost like a, a, a page out of a social studies book in the history of comics. It, it's worth that much. But if, if you're more interested, check out the series. Now, I'm not too far into it, uh, but I'm finding that this was something I, I really missed out on. Uh, and I don't know how it is now. I know they just released issue 253 this past week. Um, so I've got a, a ways to catch up. Um, luckily, uh, I've, I've got time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's my recommendation. I know it's an, an oldie that kind of surprised you. you. You have no idea where I was going with it. I had no clue. And, and I, it's been a long time because I was... A spawn collector back when it started, and I kept saying, "God, issue ten, issue ten, is it the Cerebus issue?" And you never mentioned Cerebus when you were talking through it. And I'm like, "I'm not sure until you you showed that panel." I'm like, "Fuck yes!" And that's that's one of like the big three issues out of that first year. Like the, the there's three issues that people always talk about in that first year run of Spawn. Obviously, number one because of the phenomenon. Yeah. Number nine because of Angela. Yeah. And then this. Because he did just basically take his balls out and drop them on Marvel and DC's chin. Yeah. Is what he did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Now, in this climate today, I'm pretty sure he'd get sued just for showing arms or hands. Probably. I was about to say, why didn't he get sued over that? Because <laughs> at that time, it, what, that there was, was no norm. precedent for it. Yeah. Wow. So I'm suing Jack. All right. Join the club. Using your name? <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> So All right. That's my that's, recommendation. And Jack, wow. you said on the airplane to vacation number 537 in the last month. Yes. You uh, you, you did some reading. I did. Also oh. not a very current issue. <laughs> but <laughs> I have to goodies. say a fucking classic. Uh, kind of a hot button. Sorry. I'm just going to... As soon as you try to talk, I'm just going to... I right figure on. it again. <laughs> um, 1989. Um, Alan Moore's uh, Batman the Killing Joke. Um, wow. Um, I have the deluxe edition, so it's really cool reading it because you're seeing all the artwork. But then when you see um, flashbacks with Joker, it's all black and white with a little bit of color. Uh, seeing the Red Hood a little bit here and there and seeing how that ended up. Just, I don't want to ruin the issue, but just like seeing like everything with it. It's been out for 26 years. It's been out for a long time. Plus, it's about to be an animated movie, so Starring I'm pretty Mark sure Hamill. we can uh, we can we can spoil everything that's been discussed. Did Kevin Conroy sign up? Um, I'm not sure yet. 
but we know Mark Hamill is the Joker. He's definitely and be coming back to voice the Joker. Yes. And he'll be the last time being the Joker, right? Oh, just, he said that the last yeah, time, too. Uh, but, wow, just reading the issue, though, reading about it and how it'll be a great... Like, because I want to read it again because it will be a movie soon. It was just really well done, like, seeing him interact with his wife, um, saying he didn't wasn't successful with his comedy. It was just really... The panels, it went side by side, the Barbara Gordon story arc where... Just Joker goes in and oh wow! I wonder where they're gonna take this. Well, they have to make it PG thirteen. Like I remember you said on last on the podcast, like they, if they make R rated uh, graphic novel movies, they can't get the whole crowd. But that's gonna be a really really dark movie. How are they gonna do that with it? But just I remember it was funny though when I was reading it on the plane, I had a little girl sitting right next to me. I'm like, nope, I can't read this book now <laughs> because she kept looking over. She's like, what are you reading? What are you reading? Like. Yeah, there's a girl getting shot in the chest. That's what you do. Jack's <laughs> the guy that talks to other people's kids on a plane. You have, you're on a plane for like three hours. Well, she started talking to me first. She was going to Disney World while I was going to book her. Yeah, it's her fault. <laughs> she kept poking me. Uh, but uh, we, she was going to Disney World. And um, I was going to Boca Raton, Florida. But um, just reading the graphic novel, though, it was... It was really good. I don't want to um, ruin it, but how a Joker was trying to break Commissioner Gordon, seeing him trying to go mad and all that. It was just like, wow. It was just crazy how they were you the whole issue. Book. The, you would dig You this read book. this book? This is really good. I don't read comics, man. The artwork, though, like um, the, just reading it, though, it was really... I'm not going to ruin it for you. I can give that to you. It was really so good. Could I, I have my original copy that I got. You have like, the original? As it, well, not the original. I'm like, oh. I wasn't at the printer and took it off the... They didn't invite me. Doesn't matter. One. Yes. Doesn't matter. Was the guy making copies screaming at you? <laughs> the guy in Kinkos. Yeah. No, I I recently since they announced the um, the animated movie, there's apparently a, a group of fandom that thinks the Killing Joke doesn't deserve all the accolades that it's gotten. Have, have you seen it? I've like seen that. that. I think we discussed this. Mm-mm. That uh, people are like clamoring that like it should be out of print and it's yeah. Not not just because of the alleged possible sexual assault of Barbara Gordon, but just saying that it's not as good of a book. Uh, no, I, I can't, I haven't read it recently, so I can't, I just wasn't sure if maybe... It holds up. These people are ridiculous. They do not deserve to be comic book readers. Next podcast we do, I'm going to bring it for you and you're going to read it. <laughs> That's really good. During the podcast? Yes. During the podcast, you go in the corner with your apple juice and read the book. And come now, back. now, if, if we could like set this up so that um, when he's done, he comes in and does a sports report. It'd be just like he wasn't reading the book at all. <laughs> <laughs> really well done. Nice. <laughs> um, all right. It's not that long, too. It's like sixty-four pages. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's like pictures. I, 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 I went to a picture. <laughs> sixty-four pages of pictures. Hey, I can do There's it. Pictures. <laughs> it's a picture book. All right, I can handle that. <laughs> All right. I'll we're, start reading the current issues though, but hearing what you said about Spawn, though, it does intrigue me to want to pick up like an issue of that, or even Ant Man. Like I gotta start reading modern day comics. I just remember going into Wegmans though when we would always shop like for groceries and get a comic. I don't book. ever recall shopping for groceries with you. No, either one <laughs> of you. What are you talking about? We did it. <laughs> I want to visit Planet Jack someday. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> You'll never get back. Uh, so. So what? Exactly. We're going to revisit a segment we haven't done in quite a while. The around town segment. 
I'm only doing that for a special reason this, this time. It's the only reason we ever revisit yeah. topics. <laughs> Why are you doing it, Paul? The New York State Fair. Woo! Whoopee. I don't think we, we've... Revisit this since the last time we discussed the New York State Fair, that's which why, was episode four. The fair hurts. It does. It hurts. I have not experienced the fair yet. I am tonight. Same here. <laughs> and not together. Yeah, again. I, I don't want to be with you anymore. After last week, <laughs> we just had our you first. Just got <laughs> we, we had our first on-air breakup. <laughs> We're through. <laughs> but then I'm gonna see Paul and my sister probably at the fair. I'm like, what? How'd they get there? Because my sister is coming and. And we did go to the Kevin Smith show, and she did show us around Buffalo, and yeah, I'm going to stop. By the way, did I tell you that when I was down in Buffalo on business, I went back to the 716? Yeah, you did. That's where we went for dinner. Delightful place. I want to give a shout out to that yes, good bar. bar restaurant. We need to do, you know, because we do live shows, uh, we should do like a live show there. Buffalo and Pier I is nice. love that. Yeah. yeah. So you're kind of saying we should take the podcast to 716? Yes, because you have to see the size of this yeah. fucking screen they have there. They have a big screen you know, TV. You could have taken a picture. Well, the, I could have. The bar countertop is like an ice rink. Which is cool. It's like so it's very so sports so themed. You so would love so it. So you're saying two and a half hours to do a show? Do you want to go into it's a worth sports it. the bar food? and do I want to make it. Our asses no, no, that's my Paul, thing. you love the food though, right? The food is phenomenal. It's the food I shouldn't be eating as a diabetic, but... Yeah, that's besides the point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Defibrillator. But anyway, yeah, we are completely getting sidetracked. <laughs> the New York State Fair is in town. Started Thursday. Yes, right? I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three dollar Thursdays. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's what they used to call it. Lookers too. Um, <laughs> I heard. I heard, go- I, heard gov- <laughs> I heard Governor Cuomo was like, "Yeah, I'm not coming to Governor's Day." He said the deputy governor in this place. Cuomo probably shouldn't be coming out of his house. That's why. But I don't really want to get political. That's not what we really do here. But my big thing for wanting to bring this up is there's something new at the fair this year. Something cool, something very different. There's something new at the fair every year. Yes, but like I said, something cool, oh. something very different. Deep fried cheese curds. No, they've always been there, haven't they? I don't know. Just my wife discovered them this deep year. Deep fried anything. Deep fried right, a boot. <laughs> Did you say deep fried boobs? <laughs> boot. Oh. A boot. <laughs> deep fried I, I, boot. I, I'm thinking that was really Silence of the Lambs of you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> They do say if you bring something, we'll fry it. Hey, could you fry this? <laughs> uh. But what I'm referring to, and I have to credit Syracuse.com for this because they wrote the original article. The byline is, for the first time, vegans and vegetarians won't have limited options at the New York State Fair. Strong Hearts Cafe has a booth at the fair this year. They are a, a vegan cafe based in Syracuse. Um, it's in the International Building. Uh, their menu includes, and like I said, it's vegan fair food. So, as I'm reading the menu off, these are obviously not what they are, but that's what they are likened to. Just because I don't want to be getting, you know, people calling foul saying, okay, it's a vegan place, but you're saying they have cheeseburgers. Okay. There ain't no burger in the burger. Got it? But the menu includes cheeseburgers, cheese steaks. Buffalo wings, which I've heard are phenomenal. They are made of, I believe, cauliflower. They use cauliflower for them. Oh my god, I heard they're so good. And they have cupcakes and milkshakes. And I've heard their milkshakes are worth killing a baby over. Whoa. That's me saying that, not (laughs) strong I wish I had known this yesterday. 
Well, it's funny you say that. I remember I went to the beer pub in Delhi once, and uh, my date ordered vegetarian, like vegan chicken wings, and they tasted just like regular chicken wings. She was like, "Do you want to try one?" And I, I kind of ate all their food. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> doesn't surprise me either. Now, Syracuse.com did reach out to co-owner of Strong Hearts, Joel Capilongo. Sure. I, I don't. I'm probably horribly mispronouncing his name. He's good friends with a, a good friend of the show, Jeff Watkins, who owns Cloud City. And no, that has absolutely no bearing on this this feature. Jeff doesn't even know that I'm doing the story. Not yet. Right. <laughs> but uh, he says, People have a hard time denying that it's awesome. We get many comments all the time that they're better than the real thing in reference to the buffalo wings. Yeah. Um, strong hearts, in case you don't know, because I don't think anyone around this table is vegan. Right. No. Okay. Um, Strong Hearts opened in 2008. They've got two locations in Syracuse. The main cafe is on uh, East Gen C Street, down on the other side of 81. You know what I mean? Where the bridge basically bisects the city. Yeah. Yeah, it's down there. It's on uh, 719 East Gen C Street, if you're interested. And apparently they also have one on University Ave, which they call Strong Hearts on the Hill. So they're doing very well for themselves. Um, it's a huge deal that there's an actual straight-up vegan place in the fair. And by all accounts that I'm reading, they're doing fantastic. Um, unfortunately, it sounds like they have long lines constantly, which is good for them, but not for me, because I do intend to go and try out the uh, the milkshakes and the buffalo wings they tonight. They have long lines at the fair, or they're... They're staying Both. I know their, their regular location is constantly packed. Mm -hmm. um, but good on them. Um, from what I understand... Jeff says Joel is a fantastic dude, and I wish him all the best in their success. I'm glad you brought that up because um, we're actually we're going to do an experiment. We're going to try to eat vegetarian for a week, starting on probably Monday, uh, possibly a month. Not because we want to go vegetarian because I love meat, but we're, my wife and I are just like, you know what, we're always achy. And you know, what if we tried to eat really healthy for like a month just mm -hmm. to see if it changed the way our bodies feel? I mean, I'm definitely going. We want to do it before our cruise in October and stuff because we're going to be picking out then. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's interesting because that gives us a place to check out. I didn't know there was a vegetarian place, and we're not doing vegan. We're still going to do like eggs and milk and stuff. But I thought, you know what? It, there's some cool stuff you can do with cauliflower. Oh, been looking at it, yeah. finding cauliflower, orange, chicken, um, it, all sorts of crazy stuff. My wife's made pizza crust out of cauliflower before. Mm -hmm. It was delicious. So apparently they're overnight menu on Fridays yeah, um, includes them making their own vegan pizzas. Which I've heard again, I've never heard a bad thing about this place. The only knock I can find on it, you gotta wait to get your food. It, it's because they're so and popular. It's probably pricey. I'm sure. All that kind of stuff generally is. But I will, uh, maybe I'll tweet out after the fact because obviously this is going to go up after I've already been there and I'm not going to record an addendum to the show saying how much I enjoyed it or not. But they do know that GeekPod is rolling into town tonight to try it out and I let them know that we were going to run a little feature on it. So they, I wish there was a Wii. I'm sorry, man. That's okay. I don't know if anyone don't, else is going to be me. joining me at the fair tonight from the show. Who's I put it out there. But. Are you talking to me, boy? 
No, not you. Um, I'm going to avoid you at the fair. <laughs> yeah, he's, if he's there and sees you coming, he's going to go in the other direction. Right. It's already happened. He's going he's gonna to hide in a booth or something. A booth? Well, <laughs> just dive behind um, a steak stand or something. Can I recommend Ooh. something? Uh, people visit while they're at the fair since this is going to there. Um, I have a good friend of mine uh, who I met through work. Uh, his name is John Fanto. Um, runs uh, the Ashley Winery um, Wine Slushy. Oh, First of all, wrong there. Um, if, if you see it now, where was he working yesterday? He was working at the one that was down by one of the deep fried places. Um, it could be anywhere. <laughs> well, no, the, it was the big green sign, and they had the deep fried cheese curds. There's only two places we could find those, and there was it was the same. Um, I forget what it was called. The big green thing. Anyway, there's an Ashley Winery thing, uh, like uh, three places down from them. You see him? You see a guy? Ask him his name is John. Just tell him he was you. You're a friend of mine. Um, but. Uh, I met him through work a couple years ago, always helped him set up his stuff. Um, ran into him yesterday, as I generally do at the fair. I gotta tell you, he uh, he just handed me one of the uh, the peach mango wine slushies. Oh. <laughs> you know, just amazing. And everything they've ever done, I mean, he provided the ice cream for our wedding. We decided not to nice. toast, we did uh, wine ice cream. Um, a chocolate camembert, and, and no, we just did the chocolate camembert. And uh, yeah, he sold me, you know, at, at cost. You know, one, you know, when you go to the ice cream shop and you see those big plain car cardboard containers full of ice cream that they mm -hmm. scoop out of, that's what I bought. Nice. Oh, you know, so that we could have had enough for everybody instead of selling it a little, because they also sell the wine ice cream at the Burn Dairies. But mm -hmm. uh, amazing stuff. Really, really good. It's the Ashley Wineries. Uh, they have several booths, but like I said, Paul, if you run into uh, uh, the one near the fried place, ask for John. Actually, he might be working at multiple ones. I don't know. Right. He might just be all over the place down there. Yeah. Um, but I am intending to make it and again, for anyone listening, this is going to be after the fact because this is going to be going out on the Monday following this. Um, this is going to be kind of like a geek pod night for me. I am showing up in my geek pod attire. And I was debating on tweeting it out, make it like a scavenger hunt, but we don't really have anything to give away. Unfortunately. I'm not giving away. Of course, points at Jack. Oh, I can't be giving away this time. <laughs> Um, I'm going to try and do a little networking. Maybe if I run into your buddy John, maybe I'll see if we can't push something with them. I don't know where he falls in line with the winery, but hey. Well, and, you know, that's interesting because John had his own business. He was selling the wine ice creams. He also goes around does kettle corn at festivals mm, and things nice. like that. He's got, he's been looking, I don't know if he ever got his food truck, um, but he uh, was looking at getting a food truck. So I don't know. I don't think he owns Ashley Wineries, but I think he has a... Uh, a deal with them to do this, so it's kind of like his business, but he, I think he, he may be selling somebody else's product, kind of like with the ice cream. He didn't make the ice cream himself, but he was the guy who sold the He's ice cream the guy. stores. It's always nice to know the guy. Yeah, he's a great guy, great family. Yeah, that's great. Right. Mm -hmm. Anybody else want to touch on anything on the fair before we wrap this up? They do have a zombie apocalypse ride. Is it a ride or is it it's, a, it's an like experience? It's like a fun house thing, but it's one of the ones where you get in the car, so it's kind of like an inside roller coaster. Oh. I don't know anything about it. I didn't get a chance to go in it, but I did see it. Here's the thing that caught me. You know those things are pretty large and they have lots of pictures on the front. Mm -hmm. All sorts of flesh-eating zombies on the front, right on the midway, and I'm thinking, wow, there are going to be some parents that are pissed and some kids that are scared. Um, maybe just slightly inappropriate. Outstanding. Yeah. That's the fair for you. Mm-hmm. Going to the fair, though, uh, people watching is always fun. Just getting some food. Um, you guys ever hear the term fair juice? Wait, wait, wait. Can you enunciate? Because I'm not sure fair if you said juice. 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 Isn't drink oh, your juice yeah. or the fair juice? <laughs> That's what I thought he said. Fair juice. <laughs> okay. 
No. No, fair juice basically is all like the slime and gu um, gunk coming out of like their stands and it's like seeping into the way and it's just like it's fun to see all those things and and your fair juice over there. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Polly, there is a fair Jew out there for you. <laughs> uh, but just like my family and I, we like to people watch and we actually like to see the goats get a bath or a sheep and they, because they make funny noises when they, it's fun times. Just imagine five more of me. Just pardon me as I start lowering the volume on his mind. And it gets low. You know, I saw a lot of people there with these things. Oh, yeah. It's getting Biker big. guys, too. The biker guy. There was a guy who had a higher-end unit than me. Nice. Yeah. Now, did you go back? You're not, you're not using the sonic screwdriver anymore? Oh, I brought it just so I could show it because uh, he didn't see it. That's a lightsaber. But, That's uh, what I said. <laughs> But no, I just I still have this. It still works. Just wanted to switch back and forth. Nice. Um, this particular tank, which is a Nautilus Mini by Aspire, doesn't actually fit in the ring here, so I have an extender piece to bring that up. But yeah, cords. I mean, you didn't see this either, did you? Mm -mm. No, that was two episodes ago, I think. Yeah, I picked this up um, in Watertown. We were on our uh, camping trip. So pretty cool. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Called the uh, Sonic uh, Esig. Interesting note, four weeks after Lana posted the picture of this to our Instagram, which is Sonic Music, on a daily basis I'm still getting like one person who will go in and like the picture of this. It's Interesting. Weird. Yeah, I keep getting Instagram notices uh, just from uh, how people are finding us. It's bizarre. Let's roll with it. Alright. Okay. Any parting thoughts before I get into our WTF file? Are you going to try the defibrillator tonight? They may have to get one out for me. <laughs> but, I don't know. No, explain to me exactly what this monstrosity of deep fried goodness is. Do you know it? No, not the top of my head. I just know that there's one there. I believe it's a deep fried burger with deep fried bacon, deep fried onions between two grilled cheese sandwiches. My brother's wife tried that actually the first day and she devoured it in like two seconds. Did she die? Nope, she's pregnant, though. <laughs> wait, wait. <So> she, <laughs> the oh, impregnated her? <laughs> it did. I don't think I want one, then. <laughs> are, are, we, are we talking, like, you know, a pregnancy pregnancy or, you know, a straight-out-of-John-Hurt pregnancy? Both. No, it's the first one. <laughs> she, so she's really pregnant. She's really pregnant, and she got craved that, but... And she ate that thing. She loved it. Wow. And I'm assuming and, this is quite sizable. No, actually, it's not. It was only about this big. Oh. was not big. It was weird. It kind of looked when I, because I saw a gentleman eating it yesterday, it kind of looked like a mess of black, actually, fried stuff. I mean, it, it looked like, you know, if when I go to make a grilled cheese sandwich, it looked like one of my grilled cheese sandwiches, because I always burn that for some reason. That's my job. I'd be hot. I know. At least I'm still awake. I've been awake the entire time. <laughs> Have I? <laughs> Is this real life? <laughs> right. right. So, gentlemen. Yes? My WTF file, this time around, comes all the way from the fine state of Maryland. If you'll notice, about uh, 20 minutes ago, all of your phones simultaneously buzzed. Mine didn't. And yours should have, because I had no, to no, as no. well. It doesn't buzz, because I, put it, I turned it off, so it didn't vibrate. So. Well, you should turn it on right now. Means I got back here? Yes. I'm, uh, I'll actually pause for just a moment so I can get prepared. 
All right, and now, gentlemen, now that you're all prepared, everyone's got the picture up, right? Yep. Okay. Well, I lied. We're not going to the WTF yet. Because I promised something that we have yet to come through on. This is not the first time that's happened to you, is it? No, but this is the first time that I'm actually going to make good on this promise. The first time you've ever made good on a promise? As far as our, our good fans know. <laughs> we ran a contest an extended contest for a four pack of five wits tickets four free passes to go to the five wits here in Syracuse now Dr. Yu you want to remind everybody on what they had to do in order to be they eligible for this basically had to go on to our uh, podcast on iTunes and leave a five star review now, it didn't matter what you said. You could pick on us. You could make fun of us. You could tell us we smell. We didn't care. We just wanted you to get on there and communicate with us. That is correct. And then we were going to choose our favorite one. And by our favorite one, I mean we were going to randomly pick one out of a hat. Because otherwise, I don't think it would be very fair. So, we are ready to wrap that up. Now, have we read all of the uh, reviews on here? We have. Do we need to uh, refresh everybody and do it one more time? Go for it. (laughs) All right. Okay, and I'm going to read them off as they are ranked in here. Um, Everybody but the very first one followed the rules. The first one was only a four-star review. says, Cool bunch of guys. They seem to be getting better with each episode. Some technical hiccups are distracting but totally worth listening to. Geek On. Um, That was entitled Fun Stuff. Uh, We got that on September 16th of 2014 by Geekpod. (laughs) (laughs) So that one's not eligible. It should not be eligible. It is in the hat, but if we get it, we'll just throw it out. Okay. Um, Number two from December 2nd of 2014, entitled Great Five Star Review from R.A. Boba333. Totally great. Was like sitting around a table talking with my friends. From one geek to another, 100% worth a listen. Number three, from April 8th, 2015. Entertaining by MDNL88. Very entertained by these guys. A bunch of typical geeks making me laugh and repeatedly shake my head. Number four, (laughs) from May 4th, 2015. Um, by Les Moonves. <laughs> Best podcast. Always friendly. They love helping the indie scene. If you don't listen, you are missing out. And number five, which automatically wins for the best review title ever, 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 ever. I Got Screw Googled by Apple. <laughs> From May 20th, 2015, by... Dead A1M86. I am not Les Moonves. <laughs> so I created a whole new iTunes account to rectify the mistake. Geekpad is awesome, thoughtful, and funny. All the guys are cool, and you need to listen. Also, because UWS Comics say so. I endorse this message. Sale. <laughs> Sale. So, now we know. All. Five of you, four of you, Thanks, technically. They know, they know how to follow the rules. Not picking. Corbs refuses to pick. Make Jack pick. Jack wants to pick. 
like one. <laughs> gotta find them. And we have, and now this is where if I had a drum roll, we would have one. And our big winner it is. sounds like a construction vehicle going by their house. <laughs> <laughs> it does. M. Dean L. 88 is our big winner. Okay. We need to have her or him, even though I know it's a her because I know who it is, um, <laughs> get in contact with us to win her four pack of tickets. Congratulations. Woo! Yeah. Now wait, fine. Since we're done with that, before we get into the what the fuck file, I gotta ask this question. What the fuck? No, just <laughs> You're pregnant. No, no, it's a question. question. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> a statement. <laughs> with a hamburger. Ooh. Squirrel. <laughs> and a squ you're pregnant with a squirrel. I'm pregnant with a squirrel. Buy a squirrel. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So the question becomes: Is can you explain to me why we are in the kitchen and not in the basement? That would be something good to, to broach yeah. upon, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, for one, because now I've we've been doing this in the kitchen for a few weeks. Well, I've been here for a few weeks. That's yeah. why I'm asking. Just because it works out nice. Usually, I don't have to clean the basement. And there's also the the overlords are not here. They are fine. Trust me. <laughs> they they <laughs> did make it back from the Maryland trip. Trust me. Um, they're just they they go elsewhere now when we do this. Okay. Um, much to the disappointment of. Our good friend Laura, who is a huge fan of the Overlords, I'm pretty sure if I asked her permission, um, two of you at the table would be replaced by the Overlords. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and also um, because currently my basement is in what they refer to in the industry as um, reverse isolation, and that is that is. As it sounds, kind of like the scene, and you guys can attest to it because I, I led you guys down there earlier and showed you this. It kind of looks like that scene in E.T. when they realized that he was at a, a Elliot's house and the, the scary government people come in and quarantine the house. Where it's all basically zipped in the big bag. Yep. Yeah, that's my basement right now. Um, while we were gone on the Maryland trip, I can't believe I almost went through the whole show without this. While, while we were gone on the Maryland trip, we had a little mishap involving water down there so we came back to um a basement that looked more like being on the lake <laughs> <laughs> but with black water and not you can google black water if you want to find out exactly what's going on down there but um we basically have a giant like ecological crime scene in lower levels of my home um so there's probably also a good chance that all of you are now infected and we're probably starting the zombie apocalypse ourselves had to happen. Yeah. Had to happen. So there you go. There's your answer. I'm serious. If I turn into a zombie, I would like to shoot me in the head. I'm right along with you, though. So whichever one of us dies first gets to be patient zero, I guess. TS-19? TS you guys are all going to say you're going to kill each other, and I'm going to be the last one alive, and I'm just going to get up on the roof and laugh again. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going north and take my dad's guns. <laughs> Some head. I guess that could have been the WTF file, too, huh? Right. <sighs> My black water basement. <laughs> I'm gonna cut off your arms and legs and plant you in the ground amongst the flowers. <laughs> just just your zombie out. shrubs. That's the way to do it, though. Find some zombies, cut off their chin, arms, just push them under your house. Yeah. There could be a zombie down there right now for all we know. There may. I don't know. 
But if this comes from an ecological disaster, I think we're getting less Walking Dead zombies, more Resident Evil. Ooh, Good point. Yeah. Right, the Umbrella Corporation's rolling it in any time. <laughs> Alright. So, back to where we were. Look at Jack, and we say look out hmm. for the liquor. Don't run toward it. That's a bad thing. Oh. <laughs> I get it. Sure you do. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, as we were saying a while back now, now that business has been taken care of, I think we alluded on the fact that I, I had a Maryland trip to go to. We had to go back down for Madison's follow-up appointment. And while we were there, we took in quite a bit of shopping and sightseeing. And while the family was in transit between one thrift store to another, because that's what my wife decided would be a fun time down there, um, we pull up to a stoplight and out of the corner of my eye I see the vehicle in question that you all have on your cell phones at the moment. And A, I immediately wanted to try the service. And B, I, I, I literally socked my wife in the arm and said, take a picture, take a picture, take a picture. Thinking that this would just be perfect for the show. Who would like to just describe the vehicle that you're all staring at right now? Go for it, of I lost it. Damn it. It looks honestly like a rape wagon. That? <laughs> a rape van, yes. Okay. I, I see a pedivan out of that, yes. Because yeah, there's no windows. There's no windows in the back. They're, they're tenants. Well, of course there's not going to be windows in the back of that. Maybe. Okay, well, I guess everybody's got to know what it says on the side of the van then if we're going to describe the van. Yes. So, the side of the van. Giant block black letters reads Topless Maids. One. Yeah, with the phone number with Jugs at the bottom of it. Yes, one eight four 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 two Jugs J U G G S. I, I've been to this website since then for research. This is a legitimate service. You this know, is a thing. House, there you? are none around here. I looked. Um, you know what that means? Franchising opportunities. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and. As you can see in the picture, this vehicle is parked in front of someone's home. Someone is utilizing the service <laughs> as this picture is being taken. And, um, oh, I think we forgot to mention, this is a bright fucking pink van. It looks pretty dark red, right? yeah. Well, that's, a, that's dark, but I, trust me, it was pink. I'm surprised that they advertise like that when they go somewhere, because... Uh, there are going to be a lot of people who would like to have that cleaning service but don't want to advertise to their neighbors. Agreed. Yeah, That's where I think the WTF comes in. Is I mean, this, you would think this is would be kind of a low-key don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. Not a big fucking billboard right in front of your house saying, yeah. this guy's a pervert with a dirty house. I mean, that's, that's like going on Facebook <laughs> and updating your status. Yeah, I'm getting on Backpage to find an escort. See y'all tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what the fuck? But, uh, so I, I've got to give a shout-out to the wife on that one for the assist in getting the picture. Um, I had heard that these kind of things existed. Uh, a former co-worker said that he was actually trying to line something like that up on Craigslist, which is where I figured you would find these things. Not with a giant pink van. 
Well, the closer you get to DC, the closer you get to the pit of human depravity, so I'm not surprised. Good point. And this was right outside of Baltimore. Would it be bad if we called them right now and did let's see what the story? Did you call them? I no, no. I did not call them, <laughs> and we will not call them on air. There's all sorts of legalities about yeah, that. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Didn't think that one through. That doesn't surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> no. And, and I think that's going to wrap it up here. We've gone extra long. This is a two and a half hour episode. Good lord. Yes. But you know what? Our friends deserve it. They do. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And on that note... <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. It was yesterday at the fair. Oh. <laughs> Again, on that note, megabyte me, bitches. <laughs> this has been a Geek Pod Network production. If you're enjoying us, leave us a five star review on iTunes and follow us everywhere on Twitter at GeekPod, G33KPOD. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekpod. Want to get in touch with us? Email us at contribute at geekpod.com.